Oh my God! Thank you. <laughs> uh, they can hear you in the other stream, but in the member stream, you were uh, muted. Sorry. That was muted. That's sorry, that's, Ken. It's all right. They don't. They never want to hear me in the member stream. So yeah. So today they're running around. They went to the beach. They're they're just out having a ball, and we're here working. I just what are we what are we missing out on here? Um. Yeah. My wife got home from work, and she was like, uh, "I was like, hey, what's for dinner?" And she's like. Uh, I don't know what, what you're eating for dinner, but I'm taking off right now. <laughs> I'm like, cool. Thanks for uh, letting me be involved. He goes, she goes, you got the kids later. And she still <laughs> got the kids, figure out food. You know what that sounds like? It sounds like a little Caesar's pizza night for $5.99 large cheese pizza. I can't Am I right? I'm back on my diet, man. No, I I'm talking about for the kids. We don't get to have that. No, nah, see, you know, and the problem is... Okay, if I order them pizza, I'll break down and I'll eat the pizza. <laughs> so if you guys have been so watching this for a while, there was a time where I was really, really big. Like, you know, like five years ago when we started this. And then I got really skinny. And then I started to get big again. <laughs> it's the... Right? Yes, yes. Now, I'm not, I'm not at my own levels at like 380 pounds or so, you know. But I gained 60 or 70 pounds during the whole COVID pandemic thing because I was like, oh, well, gyms aren't open. Might as well eat 10,000 calories a day. <laughs> yeah, well. So now, you know I'm back, now I'm back on the decline and I got to keep it that way, which means um, instead of your normal uh, jovial Brian, you usually get this like miserable brooding Brian because I'm tired and hungry all the time. When I show up at the studio on Tuesdays, when we uh, record our script for the for the Popcast Prime channel, Brian's like over the top of his monitor like this, looking at me. I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> Why are you here? So we're going to record. I'm like, oh, God, we got to do that still, though. We got to do that again. I'm so hungry. Did you bring me anything? Where's the cup? Right. Coke Here's Zero. Some water. Coke Zero. I got some Perrier grapefruit something rather all right man well let's get into the show um i know uh what are, we, what are we talking about today we are talking about the peacemaker opening sequence in legoland or legofied we're gonna talk about we're gonna be talking about picard season two episode three we're gonna break that down tell let you guys know what we thought this is uh so far the least my least favorite of the three so it's gonna be a nice discussion and then uh, Darth and Luke cut from the Obi-Wan series. New Kirk in Strange New World. Samuel Jackson um, basically cursing out uh, DCE Mew movies. Well, I wouldn't go that far. He disses on him, though. I mean, but that's that's. I mean, listen, he, even when he's saying nice things, he's usually cursing. So I'm probably not that far off. Okay, we'll have to see. And we got a special guest, Professor Alex Silver coming Woo! on. If you guys like Pokemon, uh, stick around for that guy. He's a good dude. And for the member section, Scott Bakula will not be in Quantum Leap. Everyone, press F in the chat because Quantum Leap is over. <laughs> but on a good note, Stargate might have a chance because it looks like Amazon was able to close that deal. And uh, Khan was not able to succeed over the Amazon merger yet yet mm. and star trek discovery decides it's it wants to continue to destroy the franchise <laughs> I, I saw that i'm like oh my god they're gonna they said they're gonna mess with old track <laughs> oh what's going my on god. 
what is going what bad is and good TV news show man it's like bad and good news like it, what it really is is it's it's really just like it's like when a bully's like standing over you and gonna punch you in the face ah, like ah, you don't know if they're actually gonna do it you know it's like no it's yeah. the thing where they where they where they have the, the tos guys they have the loogie dripping from their mouth. They're like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I look. If you guys like Discovery, that's fine. Okay, you can like it, hundred percent. If, but for us, it's just gotten progressively worse and worse and worse. And we don't want to criticize people that like it because that's it's the artist's objective. But oh, yeah. I got so much to criticize about this show, and we can't get past it. Yeah, I, I got it figured out actually, Brian. I got a great when we get to it today. I'm, I'm gonna have a great example of why it's okay not to like it, and and we don't have to hate anybody for liking it or not liking it. What I don't understand is some of the people that like get mad when you criticize it. They're like, "Oh, well, you're just uh, no, you're dumb." Ins- what? <laughs> insert adjective here. I don't know, man. <laughs> All right, so let's get uh, let's get straight into the news. We are, we are talking about Peacemaker's opening dance number now being animated uh, with James Gunn's approval. So Shane, we, everyone knows how much if they watch the show, they know they know how much we love Peacemaker. So show us what's going on with this because I know you love the Lego movies, like you love. Them. Yeah. Okay. Before we get into this, this is, yeah. I'm sorry. If you've ever called Shane in real life, his. Shane is an older man, a professional, right? And when you call his phone number, it's the everything is awesome. That's right. And it's, it's not just the song. It's him and his kids singing the everyday is awesome. Together. Everything is That's awesome. Right. Yeah. So if Shane is a massive fan of Lego movies, and if you knew Shane, like Shane's, you know, lighthearted and nerdy. But there's a side of Shane that works his butt off. He's a very uh, serious, you know, you know, wearing a tie kind of guy. <laughs> when you, you call him on the phone, it's like <laughs> everything is awesome. <laughs> I can just imagine some executive calling there, and like <laughs> like Raid Shadow Legends calls you, and all here is everything is awesome. Oh yeah, everything is good. <laughs> They're like, They're like oh, yeah, we want to hire that guy. We sponsoring. <laughs> So no, it's funny. Well, the thing is, is it's not a... Uh, yeah, so that's the funny thing. I do love the Lego movies. Absolutely no doubt about it. All the way up through Lego Batman. Absolutely. Like my second best Batman, favorite Batman movie. Um, but this is not like a Lego movie. They actually... Somebody actually created a Lego using Lego pieces and okay. did the, the opening intro. So that's... And, and the thing about Peacemaker's opening intro is... For me, the Peacemaker opening intro is like one of my favorite things so far this year. Like, it's just, I don't know. When I see that intro, it just makes me smile. I don't even know how to say it. Uh, Maybe it's the music. Maybe it's the ridiculousness of uh, John Cena doing these weird dance moves. But uh, I I really love it. Hey, if you guys are seeing that screen right now, it's because I'm trying to fix fix something. But keep going, Shane. No, that's it. Are you ready to talk about it? Yeah, talk about it, bro. Okay, so... If you, I don't know if you can show them. There's a video for it too. Oh, so if you scroll video. down, okay. yeah, there's. If you scroll down, there's a video inside here that actually shows it. But basically, I'll give you while you're getting that ready. I'll, I'll give you a little breakdown. So James Gunn, creator of the of the Peacemaker show, show 
has approved a fan's stop-motion Lego rendition of the opening dance number. So a fan actually did this, which makes it even better. And kudos to James Gunn for not being like, you know, stomping on it, or even for DC or for Warner Brothers not to come in and be like, no, you can't do that. You know, I really hate it when when people trash on fan uh, on fan stuff. Yeah, I have it here if you want to play it. You got it. Yeah, go. Let's. Uh, yeah, go ahead and just play it real quick. If you're familiar with this, with the opening, you'll you'll see this and Here probably like it. Subscribe and like. Well, this person on uh, this person. So good. Alright, if you guys want to see the whole of that, I will put a link in the description right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. God, I love that show so much. That intro. It might be the first intro that I have actually gone out of my way to watch every single time. I did too. Yeah, no, I, I definitely let it play. I usually skip it. That and the Enterprise uh, theme song. Those are the two. Oh, get out of that, here. Uh... You just lost our entire audience, bro. It's been a long road. Getting from there to end. It's been a long time. Listen, you ne- that never gets old. God, the worst. Oh, so, but if if you're a fan of Legos, that is pretty cool little animation. And the fact that James Gunn shouted it out and and talked about it. You know, we like to start out with like a lighthearted story um, and something kind of neat. Uh, Peacemaker is doing season two. We will be talking about it more. Oh, we're going to make a video. I got Shane I think to so. agree to make a video. That was a tough one. I, it's, it's, it's out of our wheelhouse. It really is. And uh, it would be a total kind of risk, but eh, what the heck? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's uh, let's jump into uh, oh, Picard. Jump into Picard. Let's jump in. Let's jump into Picard. All right, Picard, season two, episode three. Here we go. All right. So Shane, what'd you think about it, dude? Well, I will say this. Um, it was it was my le- like you said earlier it was my least favorite of the first three episodes so far um uh, for an overarching type of thing i don't like in general soap opera ish connecting episodes where nothing critical happens yeah i don't like and picard season one had a lot of this we called them unnecessary i wouldn't say this episode was unnecessary like picard season one literally had a bunch of unnecessary episodes yeah, you could have you could have told that entire story in like four episodes. Yeah, yeah, like four or five, right? Four or five. So, so while this one was still necessary, I just don't like episodes where there's no sort of interesting cliffhanger. Like Rios being oh, and by the way, spoilers. So if you haven't seen episode three, we're going to be talking about spoilers. Heads up. Um. So Captain Rios being arrested to me wasn't a big enough cliffhanger um, for me to really care 
you know, be like, oh my God, I can't wait to see what happens next week. Um, that wasn't enough. And, and I'm not sure, I don't know what else they could have done to do it. So maybe something a little more ominous from the Queen, maybe something a little more, you know, that, that, that let us know Jurati was going to be in danger. But that's the problem with shows like this is you, it's, it's hard to find a place to say, okay, let's bring you back next week. And it gives fuel to the fire to the binge watching people. The people who want the binge watching shows, which I don't like binge watching shows. I like this weekly, you know, A, I feel, I feel totally, it's like, it's like cheating on something. Look, we need something to look forward to. Okay. Yes. We're yes, not in you. our twenties. Life sucks. We need something <laughs> to look forward to every week. All right. We need the weeklies. And when you go, here's a binge watching show, like, okay, cool. There's a couple of days of life not sucking. Right. You know what it's like, Brian? It's like, let's say you sit down and you watch, let's say The Expanse, right? Let's say you sit down and you binge watch all The Expanse. You spend eight to ten hours, whatever it is. You watch it. It's just like eating like a big old pizza when you know you're not supposed to. You sit down, you eat right. it, you have one slice, two slice, you end up with more than more than you're supposed to eat. You feel guilty when it's over. The pizza's gone, and, and that's what it feels like when you binge watch. There's no satisfaction at the end of it, binge watching. You feel like you've done something wrong. Yeah, even if the, sh- if the show is really good, you're like, oh, now it's over. Oh. And because you binge watch, often, even if you get the better, you know, even if the story is a little tighter for you, usually there are things you might miss because instead of watching it on bated breath, you, you know, you're on the fifth episode, you know, you're doing something, you're taking a phone call, it's still playing in the background. There's things you're missing when you binge watch too, I've noticed. Yeah. Um, For myself, who knows? Maybe some of you guys sit down and you sit there and you just watch a TV show. For four seasons from start to finish and you don't do anything. And if that's if that's you, you are a cut above, my friend. It, it, fe- it feels gluttonous though, doesn't it? It feels But I don't do that. When I when, when I even when I binge watch, I have stuff going on. There's phone calls, there's someone coming to the door. Right. I might pause, come back later. But when it's a weekly format, I'm gonna sit down for fifty minutes and I'm gonna watch this TV show. Yeah. I, I think you're you're different prop. Well, I mean, I think a lot of binge people are probably like that. But what I'm saying is when you binge watch, it's sort of just waste it's a time waster in a way. At least it's it's the antithesis of efficiency in my opinion. Yeah. So, you know, and and anyways, it's like it's like a treat. I guess that's why they call it binge watching because you're eating doing it all at once. Um so I I I don't like the I mean, I know we have to have the story arc and I know it's going to happen, so this episode was just kind of a step down for me. So let me let me uh, start it right. We're talking about season two, episode three, up a card. This is our general review, and we're gonna start at the top, and we're gonna start with the Confederation uh, presidential lackeys beaming onto the ship and taking out Eleanor. What do you think about this, Shane? Um. Yeah. Um, well, they shot him. Well, you know, it was kind of a weird situation. When you disintegrate your enemies, it feels kind of weird. You ever notice that? Like in Star Trek... Everyone disintegrated but Eleanor, which was weird to me too. Well, it's, it's like when... I know they had to do it. Like I knew that it had to happen. You can't exactly take prisoners in the future with you. Right. So it it makes sense. It just kind of felt very not Trek-ish. Right. You know, this whole, you know 
phaser is set to, you know, emulsion. Obliterate. Right. <laughs> right. But that's fine. So it was a means to an end. I was okay with it. Uh, Elnor getting shot, no big deal. Um, I didn't really think much of it. And what was interesting was the Borg Queen kind of taking command of the ship. Right. That's not something I think we expected to have happen. Uh, essentially, she she just takes over and she basically saves them. Um, right. But it also is fishy. Yeah, yeah. So another thing too, okay. Uh, and someone said, what was up with the photon torpedo being green or something? And I'm like, that, that's not right. Is a photon, was, was it all of a sudden green when, when the Borg Queen shot the <laughs> torpedo? I, I hope not. I mean, it, yeah, so check this not out. necessary. Ready? Look at this. So she takes over the ship. And oh, there's green. green. They yeah. are green, right? Yeah, it's. Oh, yeah, that's not necessary. I mean, so am I gonna freak things. out about it? I like the fact that the Borg like whole aesthetic is green or whatever. That's cool. Yeah. To me. But these ships apparently just didn't have shields. They they just fired a couple of torpedoes directly at the at the. And I know I don't want to be nitpicky here. I don't because I really want to look. I've been it very clear that I really want to enjoy this. Again. I need something to look forward to, guys. Okay, <laughs> life is hard sometimes. But she fires a couple of torpedoes and just completely dis- destroys those ships at the deflector dish. They're green. Boom, pop them. Um, it just seemed way too easy. Like, did they not have shields? Um, right. They, there's something else that could have been done there. Also, those ships to me, ugh, I don't know. I don't like the ships very much. I don't like. How easy it was that they dispatched those people so quickly. Um, I understand not leaving the body behind or whatever, but there's just some kind of consistencies. And again, I don't want to be nitpicky because I want to like the show, but they could have just had like maybe it hit the shields and the and the ships were disabled, you know, something like that. Yeah, and also the fact that basically what you're saying is the Borg, the Borg, whatever she did to upgrade the ship is so powerful. She essentially took them out with one shot each. Which is kind of weird, um, but how, what was how do they lose to, with that kind of technology? How did they lose to the Confederation in the first place? That's my question. <laughs> That's a really good point. I don't think they thought. I think that I think that a lot of this was a throwaway. Like those guys coming on board to confront them, confront them. They just needed to get out of the way. Those ships were just getting in the way from us going back in time. What I find intriguing about the whole first part of this is that the Borg Queen takes over, and how bad does she want to go to the past, bro? That's all I got to say. This is this is this was her from the beginning, right? She's the one who knew where they were supposed to go, when it was supposed to happen. She's the one with the sly smiles. She and she just took them to the past, basically, all by herself. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, uh, it's either she goes in the past with the with the ragtag team of uh, dimension hoppers or whatever they're called. Um, or she stays in the Confederation and dies to these comically right. horrible racist villains, you know? No, uh, no, you're right, but I just thought it was weird. She's the only one that even mentioned It's just like it happens. It's all her. Right. Like, it's all her going, we're going into the past. You know, I and mean, it wasn't like Picard saying, everybody get ready, or man your positions, or, you know, or whatever. You know, it was right, like, right. it was like she just like took control and went. And I thought that was... We're going. 
<laughs> it was almost like they were, you know, they were going whether they liked it or not. Of course, they wanted to go, but, you know, and then, um, you know, the stuff with Elnor, that caught, that shocked me. That caught me by surprise. Um, uh, he's on the bed. You know, basically, they've got to choose. The, the Borg Queen has jumped them back in time, and, you know, she's basically sucking all the power out of the ship so that she can stay, so she can survive. Right. And in right. doing so takes the power from the bio bed, uh, which is then killing Elnor. Um, right. And surprising us into the fact where, and actually it didn't surprise me completely. I'll tell you, this is the funny thing. When you've been doing this for a really long time, there's little tells that give things away. Yeah. And when he asked for the medallion and Rafi paused just too long to inspect it, you knew when she looked back at him, he was gone. And there was that moment where you could, you knew that was going to happen. Um, yeah, and now, so here's here's a theory. I don't think I don't think uh, Eleanor's dead. Well, he is dead. He's not. But when time changes, he'll be back. No, no, he's not dead in this timeline either. You know, I was thinking about that. We we should have gone through. We should we need to go through and check the clips and see if we see him later. Ready, ready, check us out. There's gonna be a moment where they go back to the ship. And they probably take back someone with them that's uh, dangerous. And Eleanor is going to surprise everyone and save the day because he is in a Vulcan comatose coma. <laughs> oh, come on. All right. No, listen. That's going to. No, gonna, no. He slowed they... his heart rate to the point to yeah. save his body. Like, they made a point of making sure that his the bleeding had stopped. And they also made a point of saying, we don't have a tricorder. Okay. So I every mean, so their their assessment of him, him being dead is solely based on the same technology we have today. Me touching your my fingers to your neck and feeling your heart rate. Okay. Well, then that's really going to make me mad. So if that happens, it's going to make me mad because what was the point? And this is the one big problem I have with Picard, especially with season one, is plot devices. Why kill Elnor to get Rafi off the ship? Like. Like you don't, you shouldn't do things to people to motivate the characters and then and then magically bring them back later. I hate that. <laughs> so if they do that, that will be stupid. If they change time and Elnor's still alive, great. And he goes into season three. Uh, if he's taken, if you know, if they say, "Hey, kid, you're sitting on the sidelines this season," you know, maybe. Um, no, no. There's only so many moving parts they can have, anyways. In, in a Vulcan Romulan hybrid. I don't. Um, uh, coma he, he he put himself into this coma so that his body would heal but why did I, it make such a big point of saying we don't have a tricorder we oh don't worry we got the, the bleeding we got the bleeding stuff with these special these special band-aids and we don't have a tricorder well that was said well before he died right right the way they determined his death was checking his pulse i guess right well, I mean, is that a normal thing? I don't, I'm just telling you, if they do that, they can very well do that. I will not like it, and it will be a shitty part of the story. So if they do that and bring him back and used him, use his death, his pointless... What What was the point then? Hey, Archmage Bray just said, in Voyager uh, 7 brought back Neelix over 24 hours after he died with a few <laughs> nanoprobes. <laughs> yes, we know it's possible, Archmage. <laughs> but let me ask you this, Brian, seriously. Right. What is the point of killing Elnor then? Conflict. No, what? 
All right. So what was the Conflict point of without meaning? What was the point of there being two different teams uh, being beamed aboard? Oh, it's because they don't have the relays in space or something. So the transporter, you know, had to kick them into two different areas. Well, that is also for conflict. Because they it couldn't transport them all at the same time to LLA, so it transported them in weird places. That's right. also to drive story. Because it would be too easy to all just transport at the same place, right? But that's that's a that's a minor speed bump dumb thing. This is a colossal dumb thing to kill Elnor so that Rafi gets mad and we get some emotion. It'd be way Colossally too easy dumb. if they stayed on the ship, formulated a plan, got the reserves, figured out where the watcher was, all went down there together. No, no. No, there needs to be an adventure in 2024, which means Rafi needs to lose her mind at Picard, you know, uh, get super hormonal because her, 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 her surrogate child died, uh, lash out at Picard, and then run off into the transporter <laughs> and go down to the, the service where she's inevitably going to get into trouble and it's going to make their job of finding the Watcher and fixing the, the future harder. They didn't need to kill him to do it. They could have simply said, we don't know how to find the Watcher and come up with the same plan. They didn't have to kill Elnor to get him off the ship. They could have simply decided this plan and got separated in the transporter. It didn't need to be... Uh, this And this is my but problem. But she needed to rush up in a hurry, Shane, cause, so that they didn't have time oh. to position the ship over L.A. and all beam down together. They needed the... They can't the, position the ship over L.A. It's crashed. Or whatever. Find a way to get there together. They need a way for the beam to, you know, they need to be in a hurry. Everything needs to be in a hurry. I don't think so. Rafi I don't think that was needs to be necessary. in a hurry to find the Watcher. I beg to disagree. I don't I, I don't believe it was necessary to kill Elnor to get him off the ship. I think it's cheap. And if that's the case, if they, now if they kill him and he's gone and, until later in the show, for whatever reason, and he comes back with some meaningful way, then I'm okay with that. But if he was simply resting really, really aggressively... <laughs> then, I, then I'm not going to like that at all. Did you say resting aggressively? Yes, he's resting aggressively. Uh, much more powerfully resting than we can rest, so therefore we don't know. Ah, Archmage Phrase with the save again. My brother, the same reason they killed Ichab in season one, to piss off Seven to make her reckless. And I agree. I didn't like that either. And who liked Ichab getting killed? We all, I mean, it all pissed off. It made all of us mad then too, right? So, but the problem is, is there's no alternate timeline or different universe to bring each of back. So at least we know Elnor can return at some point. Right. Well, um, I mean, I guess I agree with you. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. You're, you're trying to justify what they're doing. And my thing is, is I'm okay if they kill him so they get him off the ship. But if they just bring him right back and make his death pointless... Uh, then that will frustrate me. I'm just a little annoyed that we didn't get that moment where they were trying to like, they put like a bandana on him to hide his crazy ears and eyebrows. Oh yeah. Like they did in Spock and, uh, yeah, listen, that's true. Missed that's an, true. A prime opportunity for some classic Spock shenanigans. Right. They didn't need to kill Elnor at all in this episode. It just wasn't necessary. Um, but how do you think feel about this as the only non-human, Imagine him being even more of an alien, a fish out of water, in 2024, right? I was kind of expecting something like that. Yeah, instead, you get like, I just don't believe for a moment that Raffi doesn't know what a, what a picture is or seven. No, no, it was, it was seven, seven of nine. Yeah. Yeah, that's just, 
I know that. The, I know there was the lingo. It was the lingo. You know, it's like Rafi knew uh, what it was. How did or that Rafi knew? Well, and Seven also grew up sheltered, so it's not you know. But you know, what do you think? Before we get to that point, what do you think about? We got to talk a little bit about Rafi's response, right? So she's obviously in 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 bitter turmoil, and for me, at the beginning of that, I was getting kind of I was I was not liking that. I was not liking Rafi's response. It actually took me getting through the entire thing, her yelling at Picard, which I didn't like either, and then realizing, okay, I got to put myself in her shoes for a second and figure out realistically what this character would do in this situation and is it right. And as much as you don't like the feel of it and you hope that she kind of uh, you know snaps out of it once she gets out and about a little bit, um, it does feel like an appropriate response. And since she's got to get mad at somebody... Q's not there for her to be angry at. Picard's really the closest thing she's got to as a connection to Q, right? Can't yeah, kill the board queen. I also feel like she gaslit Q a little bit more there, or straw manned them with like <clears throat> making sure the audience heard her explain that Q is, was what changed it. It, just, it feels like they keep oh. throwing that out there so that the audience yeah. is, is, the sleight of hand is real, you know? They're distracting on it. I still don't believe it's him. I, our theory's still holding up, uh, you know, three three episodes in. Which is, you know what? Frankly speaking, way longer than it usually holds up. <laughs> this is true, yeah, usually. But it's still hold up. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. But I still am not sure that Q is the reason they're there. Hey, Kenneth, the member section said, nice hat, Brian. Oh. <laughs> I got my new podcast hat. I got it one is a nice Shane hat. Too, but Shane, uh, I haven't given it to him yet. Bring it close to the camera so we can see what it looks like. I haven't seen it yet. Woo. Pop cast top what is that pop culture historians pop culture historians i like yeah. it yeah um he also said put into a coma so the body can repair itself so kenneth is agreeing with me i think kenneth is just giving you reasoning i don't think he's agreeing that it's a good idea <laughs> i have not yet heard anybody say yeah that would be great for the show get um get out of here but let's see let's see okay so wait so rafi's response she gets off um so Picard, this is something interesting that happened. So when they, you know, get off the ship, Picard and Gerardi have to figure out how to get the queen uh, revived, right? Right. Um, so Picard made this comment that I thought was really interesting. He explained assimilation as something that feels good. Did you notice that? Oh, really? He said assimilation feels good. And almost as if to say when you're assimilated, you don't want to fight it because it feels good. And that's maybe that's like something a tactic the Borg used to make assimilation, to make people not to fight assimilation. You I mean, know that what would make sense. Like when a, when a mosquito bites you, they have that um, enzyme that you know numbs your skin, right? Right. Yeah. There's other animals that other parasites that um, purposely have enzymes and chemicals that make it so that it's not uncomfortable for the host. Yeah, so it sort of makes sense, but it's the first time we've heard it, and uh, it's an interesting... It, it would actually change kind of a lot about what we know about the Borg. Seven can simulate me anytime. <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, we get to see, like, trashy homelessness, which is a reality in, in our time. <laughs> remember, uh, you remember when we were... Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but we were like... Uh, the budget for shooting in L.A. must have been insanely high because they would have to see out all the right. garbage. We kept saying that, right? No, they didn't, man. <laughs> nope. You guys think that's not how Los Angeles looks? 
That is exactly how Los Angeles is, looks. They, they saved a ton of money. <laughs> That's the first LA place they beamed like. down. Dude, she beamed down in the middle of basically a homeless trash heap, which is what so much of it is. You guys, that is that is Los Angeles. And everyone thinks we're being hyperbolic or exaggerating. No. That's the majority. And you drive down L.A. There's entire alley, like entire streets that are just now unpassable with cars. Yeah, they've just if, yeah, become yeah. they've become communes. Yeah, if you drive down, a lot of the overpasses are just filled with with tents and long term shelters. Long term, right? <laughs> long, like the city was like, you know what? Here's some porta potties. Good luck. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Jerry Ryan was really good in this episode. Even though the, I mean, she's been great in every episode so far. She's really taking Seven of Nine to a new place. The interaction she has with that little girl that says, are you a superhero? And she's like, well, you, can you keep a secret? Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, she convinces that security guard to basically let him stay up there on top of the building. Like these are not normal, uh, seven qualities. Like she can't usually do that. Yeah. Is this making you wish that this show was called star Trek seven and nine? <laughs> a little bit, right? She's doing the best job. I think of anybody. Because even though we love Picard and Patrick Stewart, I mean, like, you can tell that his age is playing a significant role in a lot of the things he is capable of doing. I mean, well, this is the first episode we saw it in. I mean, he had to stay on the ship. Picard had, well, would have never stayed on the ship. Also, when they beamed aboard, he couldn't do anything. When, when uh, Rios was doing stuff, he was calling for help, and Picard's just sitting there, and like, it just feels like he can't do a lot of the stuff that they need him to do. And that makes sense. He's very old in real life. I mean, he is. I mean, it's not like, what are you going to expect this this uh, eight-decade-old actor to be jumping around and do? You know, of course not. But it does take away from Picard. And and the way they char- they bring the character together, it's he's not totally over the hill. Right? That's not the way this character is demonstrated right. in this show. He's not that he's unable to do things he's you know one step away from a walker that's not the way this character is brought up but in reality he's not far from there right and he's he's literally always leaning on something it's very it's very hard not to see yeah so i mean while i would say patrick stewart's doing better this season probably than he did last season there's definitely those weak moments and him being on the ship with gerardi and the and the borg and and almost him not taking the risk with the borg too you know i thought Letting Gerardi do it, she did a fine job of connecting to the Borg Queen. But, you know, Patrick Stewart does little, but, you know, does very little in these scenes. Yeah, Gerardi actually did. did I like Gerardi in this, so far in this episode, too. So, last two episodes now, I've actually enjoyed Gerardi's character, which is uh, surprising. And she admits to feeling, I agree with you, she admits to feeling suicidal and just kind of going through some of those human things that she's experiencing in the Borg Queen and uh, you mentioned it to me earlier, which you thought was a really good one. And I agree is, is, uh, when the Borg queen made that comment, if you want to talk about it. Yeah. When she said, uh, Oh, you've done something truly remarkable. And she's like, no, dangerous or dangerous. No, no. Was it, was it dangerous? Yeah. You, no, you, no, you, impressive. I think she said, well, she started with dangerous because they flip you. Right. It started with basically she did something wrong. Oh, right, right, right. But we right. took it, and she's like, you impressed me. You impressed me. Yeah, you did something very dangerous. You impressed me. <clears throat> right, which is cool. 
Very which cool. is cool because now we know, and of course from the clips we know that Jurati is going to be likely assimilated or taken over by the queen in some way. Um, and this is kind of the beginning of that. Picard's barely able to pull her out, right? Yeah. Someone, um, someone was uh, in the first couple episodes. Um, it looked as if they were blocking for for like a pregnancy or something. Oh but, yeah. But in this episode, it doesn't appear, that doesn't appear to be the case. Yeah. So yeah, for a minute there, look, I thought that maybe the actors in real life was might have been pregnant, because in the first couple episodes, um, every shot was like in some way blocking for for that, right. and it was obvious. So maybe it was around the time she shot. Maybe she was pregnant. Maybe, yeah. Um, the whole thing with Rios. <laughs> this moment when he was like, Kevin sucks, bro. You're awesome. That guy's been in Star Trek before. Yeah, he has. He was in Enterprise, I think. I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I recognize his face. Um, yeah, the, I mean, this whole thing is, yeah, it was interesting. But the Rios stuff is the, I got to tell you, the Rios stuff is the only thing that really irritated me on this show really badly. And... It, you know, he's having this whole thing. And by the way, he had like a little love thing going with Gerardi. And now he's got this other romance going out here. Ah, bro, he's a red-blooded male, bro. Come on. Hey, I'm down. I get, I hear what you're, hear what you're saying, but it is a little bit weird. Um, but what bothers me about this episode is that he has the opportunity to get his combat, com badge back multiple times and doesn't just take it. Um, and he allows them to play with him and then he ends up not being able to get it. And I thought, I, I don't know if that's very realistic, like if you're back in time, you're not going to use social niceties to not get your comm badge back. You're going to be like, Hey, okay, no, no, you don't take it to the front. Give it to me now. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, you know listen, what I mean? Like you got to think about it as like your phone. If, <laughs> if that was your phone, <laughs> yeah. would there be a moment hesitation when you just taking your phone back? Well, especially if your phone was like the only way that you could possibly save your life because nobody knows where you're at. Right. You know, and like, you know, bad things are happening to you and you're injured and, you know, just it's weird. The kid has it and then the lady has it and then, oh, whoops, you know, now it's really gone. So, yeah. Why didn't he why didn't he just take it from the kid? So weird. They wanted to have this moment, which was pretty totally unnecessary. It was kind of a cool moment, you know, between him and the kid. But how necessary was it to the show to have this moment where he does the cookies, you know, he could have had a neat little quip with the kid and then taken the badge, but I get it. Give the whole me my point badge, is, kid. <laughs> right. But it's the continuation of this, like they, they're trying to force the story to go a certain direction. They want, you know, of course he ends up in, in jail or whatever arrested because he tries to help her. And now he really doesn't have his comm badge and, and they're probably going to have to come rescue him. Oh, we already saw in the trailer. That's what's gonna, that's gonna happen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That that whole scene. I know there's some people that complain about other things, but my whole problem was yeah, the combat was like stressing me out. I was like, <laughs> why don't you just grab your combat? Because like, I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm looking at it the same way I would look at my phone. Yeah. And the fact that like you haven't just immediately picked up that badge, taken it out of someone's hand, and put it in your pocket is just confusing to me. You could have still arrested him. But I think they wanted, I really think they wanted to leave this episode on like a more of a dangerous note. Oh, he doesn't have his comm badge and he's arrested. You know what I mean? Right. From me, my dear. Whatever. Just that moment. Coordinates. To find the watcher. Oh, well done. I suppose. I can almost, I can almost ask to be more dangerous than you realize. This is it right here. It'll come to me. Here it is. What you have just done here is more difficult 
and vastly more dangerous than you realize. And what is that? You've impressed me. Mm. Yeah. That was a really cool line. The Borg Queen is is pretty terrifying. The Borg Queen's doing awesome. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be close to her. She's really she's really killing it so far in the show. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely loving the Borg Queen right now. And you know what I read uh, on Reddit? Um, I guess the actress that played the Borg Queen uh, was in uh, Voyager or something. Oh, oh, in in this show. No, yeah, the, the person playing the board queen right now was in another Star Trek show. Um, I'll tell you right now. And it would have been really cool if they had connected those characters somehow. Like, like maybe she was assimilated. Oh, I don't think that's the case. So, yeah, Annie Wershing was in... Uh... Annie Wershing was in... That dude, she looks familiar, but I can't remember where she... Oh, yeah, she was. Which which episode was she Star in? Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, what did she play? <clears throat> um, Liana. Oh, okay. So, no biggie. Um, oh, yeah, so that's that's yeah, definitely not it. There, there, there she is. Oh, okay. I mean, that's definitely not... She's not it's, there's no connection between the two characters, but... No, I know, but how cool would that have been, though? Imagine if she was, like, in a simulated version of that character. Yeah, maybe. That's my headcanon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, no, I would say Annie Wershing and um, and um, Seven of Nine uh, are doing the best so far in the show. Right. Uh, and then uh, I was digging Captain Rios, but now it's kind of fallen off a little bit. Gerardi's doing good, but she's got so far to go to actually get us away from her character in season one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rafi, I don't know. She's probably about the same. Elnor, he's dead, so obviously not as good. Not for um, long. He's in that sweet, bulking, Romulus, comatose, comatose uh, stasis I thing. I don't want to talk about it. He slows his heart rate down, so you can't... <laughs> so it, it appears if he's dead, because his heart's only beating like once every like 10 minutes. I don't put it past it, which is probably why it bothers me so much. Let's see what everybody's saying in the comments, huh? All right. What do we got here, folks? <laughs> that hat made me think Brian may be Doomcock. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> I am not. I am not Doomcock. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh... All right, we got. Uh, I gotta get the top here. Uh, thoughts on gay by Kirk rumor. Well, we'll get into that oh, a little bit. We're going to talk about that one. Archmage Frey, Elnor transformed his Katra into the medallion. Well, and he the, didn't get the medallion, though. It never made it to him. And they'll put him in a soon synthetic genetically altered. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's good, though. That's good. Archmage, I think you and I, we're on the same page, bro. You okay. think of the most ridiculous thing that fits Star Trek canon to go with there. <laughs> I'm loving Annika Hansen. If you think about this for the first time in her life since she was five, she hasn't had any Borg influence yet. Now her implants are gone. That's a whole other thing. <clears throat> and then over on the members section, <clears throat> uh, William Shatner's older than Picard. Uh, Patrick Stewart. That's true. That's true. Mm. And he said uh, he'll be 91 on the 20, 22nd of this month. Yeah, my our our father uh, actually has had a birthday yesterday, and I was like, Dad. You okay? You know, you're, you're walking funny. He goes, oh, I got this back problem. I'm like, remember, Dad, every time you start thinking you're old, remember, yesterday 
William Shatner, at 95 years old, was on a horse. <laughs> filming on a horse after after a, after going in space a month ago. He went in space, Dad. He went in space. <laughs> so stop limping and start getting with it. Suck it up, Pop. Um, yeah, so that's it. Uh, let us know what you guys thought about um, Star Trek in the comment section. On the way down there, hit that, uh, hit that subscribe button. If you're not subscribed, hit the like button, too. In fact... Everyone here, please hit the like button so we get this thing out there to the yes. ethos. Please. Yeah, it's interesting because our uh, our clips get plenty of views, but it's really hard getting actual like live members in here. And I think it's because we don't have enough like button pushing. And I don't know because I'm that not, could be it. I'm not actually Doom Talk, so I have no idea how YouTube works. But. <laughs> Oh, it's right. She was in Timeless. That's why I recognize her, uh, PJ. Yes, I actually loved. I love that show, Timeless. Too. Oh, is that the one with? Uh, is that the one where they take the pill? No. Um, no, Timeless is a. Uh, it's almost like an extension, a little bit like an extension of um, the time HG Wells time machine it has that same vibe. Oh, like they invent a time machine, like an actual machine. That require that takes them back in the time, and I, I'm I'm not gonna explain right now. But basically, that, that character plays a character that is a historian, and so they need her to make sure they don't screw things up or to find people or whatever. Hmm. Good show. Very episodic. Has an over over underlying arc because like their general mission is is to accomplish something or find this person, but in the process, they're going to different time frames, and and it's very episodic. I like it. That makes sense. All right. Um, it's the like button is the one facing up like this. Hit the one facing up. No, no. It looks like this. All right. I don't know if you're seeing what I'm saying. Maybe look, it looks like this. Not the one that looks like this. The one that looks like this. Yes, this look, one. And my fingers are orange because I was eating Flaming Hot Cheetos earlier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um. So that's it. That's we're, we're done uh, with with Picard. We we will be talking about more Star Trek in the member section. But what's next, Shane? Let's see. We've got <clears throat> oh, it's Star Wars Obi One series news. Uh, it appears, according to sources, that Darth uh, Maul and young Luke Skywalker were cut from the original scripts. Good. How they were going to have Darth Maul um, come back would have been really weird, right? Yeah, didn't didn't they have Darth Maul at the end of um at the end of uh Rogue One, I believe, right? No. Yeah. No, no, at the end of Han Solo? Solo um, a, a Star Wars story or whatever? I, I'm sorry. I, you know what? He was. I, he was at the end I of I do Rogue not Rogue. recall because that movie irritated me, but Yeah, because the whole movie the whole movie was about how he got his name. And like the way he got his name was someone just called him that in line one time. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't know if we want to go there. The way he got his name is someone just called him solo because he was by himself. Dude, please. I just that's so it so irritates me to this day. His name is Han Solo because he my lord. Oh god. Yeah. Anyways, um, I'm pretty sure Darth Maul was at the end. Of I do that movie. 
was it that one or was yeah you're right i do think that was the case but didn't we all go like how the hell did he get there i think it was that movie because he he was killed in the prequel right i mean remember he was there and gone right and somehow he was there at the end of that movie was it like a clone maybe i don't know maybe he's still well anyway you know in, in in clone wars he's actually still alive because like i guess he like force healed himself or something like that Oh, okay. So maybe there was a path. Well, apparently he was supposed to also be in this series, um, but uh, apparently what we what we understand is that uh, they weren't happy with the scripts. Lucasfilm was unhappy with the scripts that were coming out. Uh, it was supposed to feature Darth Maul, and the story was actually supposed to be Obi Wan Kenobi and young Luke Skywalker, like child Luke Skywalker, on the run right um and trying to like run and hide out and all this stuff and then when <laughs> dave filoni and john favreau uh were brought in on it they're like yeah that sounds an awful lot like the mandalorian uh you know with <laughs> baby yoda and the mandalorian right and they're like yeah no no let's not do that How and i um, won't even know luke well because he was sent there to protect him on tatooine but Luke didn't remember Obi-Wan, I guess, when he was older. Dude, right? And that was probably the first thing that Lucasfilm's going, hmm, how are we going to do that one? Right. You know, and they want, you know, it's, it's because a lot of these damn writers, they, they write their trope in before they really consider the, you know, the, the product. Right. You know, and they're like, oh, what kind of story? Oh, you, oh we can do a, uh, you know, a coming of age story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then they pitch it and they do all this stuff. And then somebody's like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh. Luke doesn't know who Obi-Wan Kenobi is, remember? Or old Ben. I think he would remember running off to Coruscant to chase, uh, you know, d to go bar diving when he was a little kid. <laughs> Something, you know? <laughs> right, right. And uh, so that, apparently that came in and they're like, no, 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 that ain't going to happen. Uh, one says he, he, he has a bottom half that's a droid with spider legs. That, oh, that's Maul? Yeah, Darth Maul, yeah. Really? <laughs> sounds a lot like Grievous. Sounds a little like Grievous. You know what it sounds like to me? What's what? that? What's that Wild Wild West character? Oh my God, dude! Don't even go there. What? what the Will Smith? I love Will Smith stories. Like, yeah, instead of doing The Matrix, I decided to do Wild Wild West. <laughs> yeah. I love that. No, I, 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 I actually love the way he said that too. He's like, yeah, I thought it'd be a better idea to do Wild Wild West. So he said it with a, a, a with smile a, yeah. on his face, like he was obviously. He obviously had made a mistake. Being sarcastic, right? Yeah, and the the producer of that was the same guy that was trying, like that was trying to make. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever seen that movie, um, "The Death of Superman Lives," uh, with our boy that passed away. I always forget his name. I had the DVD. Um, uh, what's his name? Ah, I forgot. There was a, a famous nerd YouTuber that made this uh, this doc and then passed away, but um. He talks about when they were trying to make the Superman Lives movie with Nicolas Cage oh. <laughs> as Superman. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kevin, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? I'm losing my, my brain's not working. <clears throat> guy from All Rats, Kevin. Oh, Kevin, uh, of course you would, you would say it. And I would have no idea. Yeah. God, bro. Kevin from uh, The Clerks. Got it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> How am I I don't, okay this? hold on i can't believe this we must be kevin old. smith my god kevin smith yeah kevin the, smith the, was, was the most popular to... name in american history right. kevin smith was hired to write the thing and he had he had this moment where he was talking about the producer of this movie and how he wanted 
like giant spiders to be protecting like um to be like fighting Superman. Oh, okay. And there to be polar bears that guarded the oh. <laughs> the fortress that makes of solitude. Sense. And uh, everything was like spider this and spider that, and Brainiac was a giant spider. And then he goes, uh, and then a couple years later, I watched Wild Wild West, and I got right. it. I figured it out. The you guy was out. really into yeah. spiders. The dude was really into spiders. Yeah, so it confirms here, yes, Maul was in Solo, a Star Wars story. He did a cameo uh, for that. It, apparently, they're not exactly sure whether or not Park, who played uh, Darth Maul, was actually on set for filming already, or if he was just in um, basically practice with, uh, you know, for all of the stunts. Oh, is in Rebels? So, so he was back as the spider, as the spider Sith in Rebels, and I guess he was mm. killed in Rebels. So, interesting. Well, so I mean, for those, I mean, I wanted more Darth Maul. I felt like we didn't get much of him, and and even at the end of that uh, movie, I do remember the excitement surrounding that. I do recall that now, but, uh, why did everybody like Darth Maul, bro? He had a a double lightsaber. He had a double lightsaber and his face was made of horns. That's it, man. He was the coolest Sith we'd seen since Darth Vader. Right. And, uh, so there's a little bit of that nostalgia in place, but I don't know with the Obi-Wan series that's coming. I'm actually pretty, I'm pretty okay with what I think's coming, and that's, you know, Obi-Wan is, he, he becomes like Detective Obi-Wan, kind of. Did you notice that? <laughs> He's yeah. going to be back on Coruscant, and yeah. people are hunting him down. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I just want to see that surprise uh, cameo from uh, from our boy, from Samuel Jackson. What? Oh. It's going to happen, I, I, bro. You think it's going to happen? I don't it's think it's going to happen. happen. There's going to be a surprise cameo from Sam Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Only if he curses in it or something. What's up with these mother effing Jedi on this mother effing Star Destroyer? <laughs> <laughs> and where's my purple lightsaber? Where's that purple lightsaber? <clears throat> All right, um, let's uh, let's get into some more Star Trek. We got a little little breather there, talking about Star Wars for just a moment. But now, you got any? Oh, we got any comments? No, let's see. Now we're gonna talk about. Star oh, you're kind of hitting them up as they go. You ready, Shane? Yeah. Are you ready? I was born ready. I was born ready! <laughs> Alright, we are talking about Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Finding. It's James T. Kirk. With Paul Wesley of the Vampire Diaries fame. Yes. Um, How's this going? How's how you feeling about this? Well, I'll just point out, um, hint, hint, be on a lookout for a video tomorrow, right? Yes. Ish. There is more about this that we're going to talk about, but uh, I want to address before we go into it. Of course, everybody's heard the news. If you're a Star Trek fan, you probably heard that that uh, James T. Kirk is coming back in Strange New Worlds with, as Brian said, Paul Wesley from Vampire Diaries. Um, what's interesting is. The kind of the story behind this is photos got leaked of shooting in Toronto, and and so um, Paramount Plus had to come out and basically admit that it was Kirk because I guess there was a lot going around, like people trying to guess who it was. Yeah, I saw a lot control. of guesses that it was Decker. Decker was one of them. Um, I mean, there's stuff was just coming out of the woodworks, and so people were like, "Oh no, no, no." 
then they started saying, well, what if it's what if it's Kirk? And there's always been this speculation because Strange New Worlds is the timeline is so close to when Kirk takes over the Enterprise. It's only a five year difference um, from where we're at right now. There's this there's this feeling that he was going to be involved in the series somehow, anyways. Right. Um, now earlier, Orville Nation brought up the fact and asked us a question here, and we I want to address that first off so we can talk about it. And it says, the Orville Nation question, thoughts on bi-gay Kirk rumor? Um, okay. So, no, I do not believe Kirk will be a bi-gay character. I do know that that is like, um, that is a really big fantasy uh, in part of the LGBTQ community that Spock and Kirk are really some sort of undercover gay duo, lovers or whatever. I mean, I would, or totally, bisexual I would totally sleep with Spock. Just to say I did. Just just to say it, yeah. It's Who wouldn't? He's a superstar. Thing. It's more like it's Spock. Yeah, he's a superstar, of course. Um, I just don't I don't believe they're going to go that way. Um, I think that... Uh, I, I think it's been already discussed that... I know in some parts of... <laughs> there was some book that was put out that basically that Kirk would sleep with anything or or maybe there's some ambiguity there, but... I don't believe they're going to latch on to that. And I think if they do, you know, I, I think the people making Strange New Worlds already know that there's this stress tip with the with the fandom. And I believe that's why Strange New Worlds is episodic. And there's a lot of things happening that fans, that older fans, really like. And I just don't think they would come in and 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 kick everybody in the nuts who who kind of don't think of Kirk that way and change up his sexuality all of a sudden well so. at at the least it, you know the only mm. way they can realistically change him is if they made him bi because mm. like we've seen him tear through half the galaxy already as a right so yeah and and i think <laughs> well, look at david nunya's comment here Kirk will be bi because they said <laughs> Baseline in New Trek is bisexual means everybody is bisexual. No, I know, Dave. I know you're being sarcastic here or you're tongue in cheek. Everybody isn't bisexual. And I know that's kind of the, it seems like the route they're going in, in discovery because it seems like the only straight people in, in discovery seem to be, uh, Michael Burnham book, um, Saru and the Vulcan president lady. So <laughs> I'm pretty right. sure everybody else is either some, somewhere on the LGBTQ, uh, grid yeah um, i was watching discovery with my wife i should be fair i was watching discovery my wife was waiting <laughs> was sitting there waiting for me to finish <laughs> is this over yet come on <laughs> yeah so she's sitting there waiting for me to finish basically playing on her phone and uh she looks up and she's like is this like one of those lgbt shows <laughs> Is that what she said? And I laughed. I died laughing. I paused it and I died laughing. I was like, no, baby, Star Trek. And she goes, huh. Okay. And she just walks away. And I'm like, she's sitting there watching this. And she, because of how prevalent it is, she thinks that I'm watching, like, the Lifetime Network or something. Yeah. Well, see, and that's the, that's the okay, so that's my take on, I think, oh, no, we're going to talk about Discovery. Never mind. I'll wait on it. I'll wait. Discovery <laughs> comes a little later because I, I got some things to say. I actually caught up with the final episode and watched it at the final episode with everybody else. It took me a while, guys, but I did it. 
but let's talk about Kirk. Um, do I like this? Do I not like this? This makes me very nervous. Um, I really want to like Strange New Worlds. Um, I really like Anson Mount as Pike. And the biggest thing that makes me nervous about this is I feel like this is the character Pike's time. And I really hate the fact that potentially Kirk's character might overshadow Pike in some way going into the second season. Because apparently Kirk isn't supposed to show up to the second season. So in that way, I am... I'm, I'm really... I kind of... I don't know. I hate getting this news before Strange New Worlds comes out because I don't know anything about the show. <laughs> right? Yeah, you guys. Everyone, everyone was excited about this. And Shane was like, oh, why is this happening now? <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't get it. Yeah. Like, we don't know. We don't know anything about the show. It hasn't even aired yet, and they're talking about uh, Kirk being on the show in season two. Like, it's guys, just irritating. Guys, say save. You gotta save this kind of stuff for like in between seasons when you want to keep the hype going. This is not. It's literally not even gonna happen this season. Like it's it's this is so far away. You know you gotta. Save the big reveals, the marketing reveals for when a more appropriate time, I think. Yeah, now, and I think this is good, a good point. Archmage actually brought this up. Um, you know, Kirk, if this is like an opportunity for Kirk to have a mentor in Pike, that might be good because here's what we know. And I don't want to spoil the, the, the video completely for tomorrow, but um, we do know that during this time frame, we don't know anything about Kirk. This, there's a big gap in Star Trek canon about Kirk in these specific years. Uh, other than the fact, and a little spoiler for tomorrow, he's already the captain of a ship. And most people don't know that. Right. Most people are not aware of that, but he is. Okay? Watch the video tomorrow for, to learn more about that. But So it is possible that Kirk is under some sort of a mentorship or they end up together. I think it's going to be... Um, Somehow he comes in contact with him. But here's the thing is he can't be on the Enterprise because he does not join the Enterprise until 2265. It's not possible for him to be part of the Enterprise crew. If they do that, it's going to mess with things, and I'm not going to like that. Yeah, what if, what if he is? What if he's just part of the crew? I No, I mean, then, you know, canon be damned, I guess. And so far, there's been a lot of messing with canon, but there hasn't been specific outright main character jousting yet yeah, yeah i like to i like to call them fixed points they haven't they right. haven't messed with the fixed points in canon yet right and i think little stuff. Yeah. they can do that they can't make him a part of the enterprise crew in advance um i mean they could i guess but we wouldn't we just wouldn't like it <laughs> the the actor seems like he's got the chops like i looked at some of his stuff he seems to have the um he seems to have the the on-screen presence. He kind of looks like a Kirk. I don't, if you want to say, what does a Kirk look like? Kind of, yeah. Um, <clears throat> he's got the look. He seems tall. The images we saw of him, he's very tall, dude. And uh, not that Kirk fits into a perfect archetype, but you know, William Shatner is not very tall, and Chris Pine ain't very tall either. So, and a you lot know, of slouching Kirk, going on this. Yeah, and Ethan Peck, as I recall, is not that tall of a Spock. So it would be really weird to have a, a Spock who is shorter than a Kirk. I don't know. It's tower, it's towering, towering. <laughs> right? That towering would be really weird. <laughs> that would be really weird. 
like Kirk towering over Spock, be like, tell me what you see out there. I don't know. Um, I mean, I like this image. This image looks very Kirk-like. Absolutely. I don't think he's on the Enterprise, bro. No. A lot of people are saying he's on the Enterprise. I don't believe he is. I think he's on his own ship. So, to be honest, I actually um, recreated the Enterprise uh, bridge I showed you mm -hmm. the other day. Yeah. I recreated the Enterprise bridge digitally um, from the first, from the epi from the season that was on um, Discovery. And this is not the Enterprise bridge. The Enterprise bridge actually has uh, a lot more white. And then there's these red uh, rails that are outlining the, sh are outlining the, um, the, the area where the captain's chair is. I don't think this is the Enterprise. Ah. No, okay, so, okay, because you did it. So you know that that backdrop is not it. No, it's not, yeah. Interesting. Okay, there, there's also an interesting comment over here from the Trek reviewer. It says, in TOS, Kirk said that he did not meet Pike until he took command of the Enterprise. I'm assuming that's in the episode where um, um, Spock basically tries to get Pike off to Talos 4. I don't recall that him specifically saying that. Um, and we'll double check it, but you know that if he said that, then that that does mess with things a bit. But like I said, they're willing to bend it a little bit. If they if they made Kirk part of the Enterprise crew before he takes command, I think that would just I think that would crack it. You know what I mean? Right. He's only five eleven. Holy cow! How short is Laon Nunyan Singh? Because <laughs> I'm telling you, he looked like he was towering over that girl. He's only 5'11". Really? He's only 5'11". Wow. Where's that? There's a picture of him. Um... I think it's in there. No? I'm going to find it right now. There's a set picture with him next to Lon Nunez Singh. And I remember thinking, dang, that guy's tall. It, it might be that he's really skinny. And I just, you know, you, when you see really skinny guys, you tend to think that they're they're taller. And when people see me, they're like, wow, you're really short. And I'm like, oh, I'm 6'1". I'm like, no way. I'm like, yeah, okay. I get it. Yeah, Shane's, Shane's way taller than I am. Where is this? Nguyen Soon. Or Soon, right? <clears throat> now, that's actually a good point. Archmage Frey says it's possible uh, Kirk and Pike don't meet. And there's a parallel storyline going on on Season 2. That's totally possible. But like I said earlier, now that that also means okay, Pike, you know, Pike's losing the spotlight here to bring in Kirk. Maybe it would be better to do that during season four, you know, um, or season five when we're getting close to that TOS timeline. That would make more sense to me. Oh, you know, bro, I think there was some kind of perspe force perspective in that one shot we saw because look at this. There's another shot. And he's not, oh, okay. And he's I don't not, remember that one. He's not. Yeah, that one shot we saw. Yeah. It was like a, it was like a Twitter. It was not a very good image. He was way taller, I think, because she must have been oh, a couple, few feet behind him. That must have been it. He was in the foreground. Right. Okay. Well, that there's the mystery solved. He's not really that tall. All right. Well, that's good. So how tall is Ethan Peck? Quick, let's do the math. <clears throat> Ethan Peck height. Six foot three. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, what? Ethan Peck is. And I mean, it doesn't matter. They can fix it. What's up with these things not just like automatically telling me? I think it's cool that he's the grandson of Gregory Peck. Most people don't know who he is. 
Says he's six feet tall, bro. Oh, I mean, that okay, works. Okay, so that means they'll be, yeah. That works. That'll be, that'll work. That'll work. Yeah, I still don't like Peck as Spock, like at all. I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him a year on, on Strange New Worlds before I, I'm going to try to take off my, my, um, it's hard, it's impossible. Leonard Nimoy just is Spock. It's really hard. Yeah. Really hard. But Zachary Quinto, to be honest with you, eh, I like him as Spock. I like his Spock, man. I don't know. Maybe it's because they made his face more like, I don't know. He's got some sort of face prosthetics. Yeah, he seems more serious, too. Like, Peck, even when he's not smiling, he has like a sort of a smiley face. Oh, there's a glimmer to him. Yeah, there's like a, there's a shimmer to his eyes, right? Throws me off. Quinto looks like he's angry all the time, so it sort of works. <laughs> I knew when he was in Heroes all those years ago, I'm like, oh my God, if they ever make do a new Spock, that's the guy. That's so the when guy. they actually, remember that? I mean, when I that did. show came out, I'm like, oh my gosh. It's like Leonard Nimoy's little kid. Yeah. And uh, so when they actually, when he actually was in that first 2009 Star Trek movie, I was I was pretty giddy. So. Or BJ, BJ says that, but he likes science, Brian. I like science. <laughs> I like science. Oh God! That what else it. do we know? What uh, else Art do we know? Dog said all things being equal, I think Paramount is too nervous that they might not make it a few seasons, so they're cramming everything in. Yeah. You know, well, maybe. I mean, gosh, I hope they have more confidence in it than that. Um, I would argue that Mount's the best captain we've had for a long time. <laughs> yeah, like like a long time. I'm, t- I'm trying to determine how much I like him compared. I want to see him this season, but I'm trying to figure out how much I like him compared to Scott Bakula in Enterprise. Oh, oh the Bakula yeah. news coming up is just heartbreaking. Yeah, that's you guys will want to stay tuned for the Devastating. quantum leap in memoriam we're about to have. Quantum leap. Press F in the chat, boys. Ah. <laughs> oh. Oh. What do you think of David Nanya? Upsetting. I'll call him Pecker Spock. Pecker Spock. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get away from uh, this and uh, get into something else. Uh, yeah, listen, if you're still watching, we're gonna move on to a little uh, Sam Jackson news. Oh, but before we do that, oh, it's right. We need to do an intro for somebody who's waiting. Our oh, guest yeah. today. Wait, he's not in the he's not in the waiting room. Can you tell him to get in the waiting room? Uh, okay. Yeah, so uh, while he's doing that, I'll let you guys know, we have a special guest today. Yes, F in the chat for Quantum Leap, boys. F in the chat. Um, We have a special guest today. Uh, Oh, my gosh. I just closed that window. I had a whole window open for him. I was an idiot. All right. Yeah, uh, Professor Alex Silver, a fellow YouTuber and uh, friend of ours. Uh, we met him a while ago. He runs a Pokemon channel, and, he, and it's so good. Him and Shane have developed a nice friendship, and we got him. We finally were able to get him on the show. Yeah, it's we've been meaning to do this for a while. He's he's got the, really the premier channel. It's he's Professor Silver's Pokemon history. If you like Pokemon and anime Pokemon specifically, uh, he's he's like cornering the industry and killing it with all kinds of stuff. So we wanted to bring him in because he also is a huge fan of DC um, comic books. And so we I thought this would be perfect to bring him in to talk Samuel Jackson, 
dissing the DC movies. And uh, he's uh, launching right now and should be in it any minute. Yes, and uh, yeah, I watched a couple of videos, and I love I love uh, how much effort goes into creating these history videos, and maybe it's because of how much effort it one goes, and you know we we put into making our history videos. So whenever I see someone else doing the same thing, I'm like, oh, that's great. There's another YouTuber, his name is Moon, that does some some similar stuff with politics, which I would never even attempt to replicate because I don't want to be canceled in five minutes. Um, but. <laughs> right. But he does a similar, <clears throat> a similar type of video format that we and now Professor does, and that's just great. Oh, he's here. Bring him in. Okay, before you bring him in, I'll let me give him the drum roll. Let's bring him in. Go wait, ahead. Wait, 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 Ready? Wait. It's not. It's not. Don't do the drum roll. I'm not gonna do it right. So, I'm just gonna give the intro talk for him here. Okay, you wanna do the intro? Okay, it's that's right. We've got Professor Alex Silver, Pokemon historian. He's got over 10 million views. His videos are killing it. Let's bring him in. I totally just screwed it up. I told you I was going to screw it up. I just did. I screwed it up again. All right. That's okay. All right. Hold up. Let me. Nope. That's not right. There he is. <laughs> oh, there he is. Now, now, you're, now you're screwed up. So that's not this good. might be fun. Just do it with our heads all weird. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> all right. There now you go. Fix this. It's Alex. Hey, guys. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> hey, brother. How you doing? Uh, doing pretty well. I wanted to see you in your coat. You guys uh, got to no. see his channel. He wears, his, he wears this awesome professor coat. I love it. Yeah, I usually paint my hair silver, put on a lab coat. It takes 30 minutes to get ready. So <laughs> um, wasn't able to get to it today. Awesome. It is so great to have you on the show, man. Oh, thanks uh, for having me. We've been what trying to do this for what? Probably like four months, I think, right? Yeah, Yeah, I think because we first met in November or December of last year. So it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what's new in your neck of the woods? Um, you know, just grinding away. I'm still doing a lot of, um, you know, my, my main work and then doing a lot of Professor Silver, always working on writing and trying to, you know, come up with new video concepts there. Uh, but yeah, also just, of course, like reading a lot of comics, as I told you a little bit earlier today, <laughs> uh, my, my biggest hobby when not working. Nice. Yeah. So I noticed I was looking through your videos and, and I watch them from time to time, but I was looking through them and I've noticed you've been really killing it lately. And oh, I thanks. noticed your history videos especially are killing it. So tell us a little about your channel and just kind of what you, what your goal is and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I do narrative breakdowns of Pokemon from the, the anime or TV show. It's probably even more so than like anything related to Stark, probably the nerdiest channel on YouTube <laughs> in, <laughs> in that regard. Uh, um, but yeah, so I, I'll essentially like for each character, like Ash's Charizard, um, you know, go through every single appearance, every single battle, every, even, even the stuff that can be considered filler and kind of put that into a video and make it one cohesive narrative structure. So for some of the characters, you know, they span 20, plus years of history so it can take wow. it can take a while to write <laughs> there, there's a lot that goes into it but I, i'm hoping to or i'm planning to you know experiment more with like ultimate lineups or more video essay speculations sort of videos just uh always good to diversify on it yeah the quality is really excellent oh, thanks. um 
you know, you, you really put, how much, how long does it take you to make one of these things? Yeah. So I do it with my partner and, uh, he, he and I used to work at a company called Crypt TV, which did short horror films. So mm. I was in charge of all of the growth and audience development of that channel. And then he was, uh, one of the VPs of editing there. So we've kind of had like a good back and forth, you know, for probably three, four years now. And I probably spend, I don't know, maybe 20 to 40 hours on the scripts because I will just stare at my computer just for six hours, <laughs> you know, just trying to think of what Sounds to write. Like and, yeah, yeah, and it, it, it's kind of, it goes back to that sort of just like, do I really need to spend two hours for this one line that in like a 10 minute video? But, you know, I'm perfectionist. And right. then on the editing side, it usually takes two to three days, but it depends. Like we did a 30 minute video a few months ago and that one was just like, you know, 10x what our what we normally do we also it was a popular character so we wanted to put like everything we had into it and luckily it turned out well but it's uh oh, it's yes. a lot of time to focus on a pokemon character <laughs> Seven hundred thousand views i think you guys killed it uh yeah. thanks i feel your pain alex people don't yeah. seem to understand sometimes like, like a 15 minute video i know it's only 15 minutes but that mm -hmm. that was a 22 hour work day <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah it's uh you know, like we're always trying to figure out like how do we do this with less time and i i, I just can't do it <laughs> you know like i, I want to come up with a script in an hour but I, I no matter how hard i try i can't do it it's uh it's tough it, it's rewarding though like i've i uh with pokemon it actually started my very first day of kindergarten so it's mm. kind of like a uh a merging of the two worlds uh with this channel like my work side my personal side of like love of pokemon and it, it all kind of came together. It, it was a fun pandemic project that's kind of evolved into, you know, now like something more. <laughs> that's awesome. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Are you, are you a Pokemon Go guy? Did you get into that when it came no, out? I, I, I remember when it first started, I tried it out, but I, uh, I played that Simpsons tapped out when I was in college. Mm. You know, it's one of those uh, Farmville style games. And yeah. after that, I kind of, I played it for like a month or two and I was just like, okay, these games it all lives on my phone it's not gonna it it, it was just too much yeah. <laughs> you know like you spend too much time on this mobile game and it's like all right i could be writing or i could watch more star trek which i was watching at the same time <laughs> you know it's uh it, it, it's hard to justify i guess like too much time but it looks yeah. really fun like i i probably would enjoy playing it if i didn't have that i'm ethos. in the same boat i tried yeah. to go and i'm like i just can't, I can't do the purely phone games i just mm. it's just very difficult for me shane has no problem with phone games apparently but I have it's all i have time for and if it's <laughs> with me all the time well you know what's funny about the pokemon go thing is i my kids were like hey let's play this and i'm like oh, okay whatever you know and so i download it and we're going around and we went up to the store one day and i'm standing outside the store and i'm looking at my phone at this game and I see a group of like eight people standing there in a circle. Mm. And I'm like, wait a second. That's one of those little Pokemon things. It's like a, a, mm. a stop or whatever, right? And they're all battling. Like these people from different places showed up out of nowhere and like did this. And I was like, okay, this game's totally at a completely different level. <laughs> but yeah. <clears throat> well, this is really incredible. I think you're... Um, I think you're just killing it here. And, I, and so oh, if you're a fan of Pokemon, you guys need to get over here and check out his channel for sure. Um we wanted to talk a little bit today about uh, DC. I know you're a big comic book mm -hmm. guy. Uh, and Samuel L. Jackson just came out with some interesting news uh, where he basically dissed all over DC movies because, of course, he's he's a Marvel guy. Right, Brian? Right. Yeah, he is a Marvel guy. He is... What, what character Fury. does he play? He plays Nick Fury. In, in, Nick in Fury, MCU, right? Yeah. 
So uh, good casting, just... by the way. Great casting for Nick Fury, I think. Well, what's the guy had not been in? He's he's in everything. He's in Star Wars. He hasn't been in Star Trek yet. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, for some reason, I thought maybe he had, but no, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> if Quentin Tarantino had yeah. done his Star Trek, he would be in it. Oh, 100 percent. This guy would be playing sure. like a Klingon general or something. Yeah, I can see that. That'd be yeah. good. So it looks like here, just just checking in with you guys here. So apparently he was doing a uh, doing an interview. He was doing a live onstage ch- talk with Josh Horowitz uh, via the the Happy Sad Confused podcast. That's a good name for a podcast. Happy Sad Confused. That's how we feel when we watch Star Trek these days. <laughs> There's all kinds of bad things going on, and he he uh, he expressed some skepticism about taking on a role in a DC film. Uh, when asked about his loyalty to Marvel in regards to moving to DC, uh, Jackson wasn't sure there was a DC script out there that would make him say something like, yeah, this is dope. Uh, he admitted this without even saying that he's been a comic book fan. He's been a comic book fan for a long time, like Alex, particularly Mm -hmm. with DC. Alex, are you a DC or Marvel guy? You know, I go back and forth. Like I was... My my favorite character growing up was Nightwing, uh, the original Robin. So oh, I've yeah, I, that, yeah that I although I feel like now that I've I've kind of evolved like I've I've been obsessed with Peter Parker the past four months like everyone else. Right. You know, so you know I read off of Nightwing yeah. was watching Batman Beyond. I was like, oh, mm. that's a cooler Batman. Yeah, they they actually have a really good continuation comic series where Dick Grayson will come back and be like the new mentor when Terry gets into a like a tiff with Bruce Wayne. Oh, so it's cool. yeah yeah it's really cool it's a uh it's i don't know if it's technically canon but like you know dc does it it's like the alternate canon what have you yeah, 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 yeah. but uh yeah so I've, I've been on a marvel like a marvel binge lately i, I reread the first 150 of amazing spider-man last at the end of last year and just read superior spider-man and it's you know it, it, sometimes you want the gods which is like the dc side and sometimes you want the the losers which is like marvel's characters who that like everything they do like like spider-man no matter what happens his life goes to shambles by the end of the issue (laughs) he can be on top of the world and then you know aunt may gets sick or he goes to college he thinks he's going to be happy and then aunt may is sick so he ignores everyone and they all hate him you know it's like it's just a series of unfortunate events Aunt may gets sick a lot yeah oh yeah (laughs) let's ask you the important question alex who's the best spider-man for the movies you know, if you would have asked me four months ago, I would have said Toby. After revisiting Amazing, though, it's Garfield. Like he, it's, it's Garfield. It's Garfield. Yeah, he. I, I think the thing is, like, I used to just see like Spider-Man as he's the the nerd, the loser. But like, really, like after like the eighth issue of the original run, he just becomes a jerk, and like, you know, he becomes really confident in himself. He, you know, he talks back to Flash when he gets bullied, and he has like this really like. He has like this darkness within him and this anger that kind of bubbles up that he just can't control it. Like he wants to be nice to Gwen, but he just can't help himself by telling her off, you know, or same thing with MJ and same thing with Jonah. So like, I think Enjoy, Andrew's right. really got that. He's, he's also just such a better actor. I mean, he's a much being better honest, <laughs> he, you know, I, I, I made the comparison to my friends, like seeing Toby again is kind of like seeing Tommy, the green power ranger when he returns in like every couple of years, it's, it's awesome. But he's not like the best actor in the world. The <laughs> you know, Andrew Garfield is fantastic though. Like he, he yeah. killed it in tick, tick boom as well. And like I, I love everything that he's in. I was doing a podcast with SNP, and they were like, um, mm. "No, Toby's 
a better Spider-Man. I'm like, well, then you don't know Spider-Man because like you're mm -hmm. remembering the nerd geeky Spider-Man, but it, mm -hmm. but that was a small portion of the comic books and the cartoon. I might add. Uh, he went. He goes on to be, con you know, almost like a like a DC Flashlight character, mm -hmm. sarcastic, cocky, sort of in your face. You know, can't touch me, can't touch me. That kind of a character. Mm -hmm. And Andrew Garfield kills it in that role. And he's a much better actor. When I saw him in Far From Home, I was I, I was I lost my mind. Well, he stole the show, sorta. I mean, yeah. he got to save his MJ, right? Oh, that scene! Yeah, that, that was the best scene of the movie. Oh, <laughs> right, it was awesome. And it was so quick, and it was so subtle, and it was just like perfect, just a perfect scene. Yeah, the, his face, and that, like when his face just crumpled, like it fell apart while he was looking at Zendaya. It was. Like that, that one scene, like if that's all you would have showed me for the whole movie, I'd have been like, this is a great movie. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is like satisfied everything that I wanted to see in a third Spider-Man movie for, for Andrew. And sure. yeah, he, he really killed it. I, it, it's interesting that I think everyone loves an underdog and he's definitely the underdog of Spider-Man. So it's, right. this is like his era. It, I, I hope, I hope he gets another film. It'd, yeah, be, yeah. it'd be awesome. You know, they actually, I, I saw a report about that, um, a lot of people in the industry are predicting that he will get a third film alongside mm. uh, Venom because mm. they are in the same. They confirmed it in Far Away Home uh, and in the MCU that they're in the same universe. So that means that Venom, mm. Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man and Morbius are all in the same universe. So Sony is developing a Spider-Verse, no pun intended. Mm. And... Um, the, the only Spider-Man that's in that the current universe that they're making films in is Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. And he was so well-received in Far From Home that I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, I would really love to see them do a movie with Emma Stone as Spider-Gwen and then, like, mm. have them meet. It, it, it would probably be a little bit too, like, happy ending, I think, for the character. Like, I do like the dark turn, but... You know, she, she, I mean, she's a great actress as well. I'd love she to see them. Fun. Like, she, I, I think she would really kill it in that role. And that character is so popular. People love her. Yeah. Yeah. That, we have not seen a Spider Gwen yet, right? So that'd be great. No, nothing, not yet. Uh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to slide back in here to this story real quick. So we just keep going because I want to ask you which DC character you think Samuel L. Jackson could play. But uh, Horowitz asked him, would you ever do a DC film? Would you ever play for the other team? Are you too loyal to Marvel to consider if they'd call? And Jackson said, well, I mean, we're all actors. Actors are mercenaries. It's kind of what we do. We act, uh, but don't know what I'm going to read. I don't know what I'm going to read a DC script that's going to make me go, yeah, it's dope. I mean, I'm a comic book fan, so I've been reading comic books forever. Uh, Jackson said, and the truth to be told, I don't even read Marvel comic books. I kind of look at him, and when I discovered myself as Nick Fury, I just happened to see myself and say, what am I doing on this cover? That's something Samuel Jackson would say. Mm. Uh, and that was it. He put the book back. I read DC Comics my whole life, and, you know, we all came through Superman, Batman, Silver Surfer, Aquaman. Um, I was all about DC, uh, but I don't know what the thing is about them cinematically. Uh, and then Horowitz goes on to say they're a little all over the place. Some work better than others. It's just Marvel has that real formula down. And Jackson said, sometimes. And Horowitz said, most of the time. And Jackson said, yeah, most of the time. We'll go most of the time. So basically saying DC doesn't make good enough movies for Samuel Jackson to be in them. What do you guys think? Uh, first off, there's a character in DC named Jackie Johnson. And he'd be perfect for that role. Okay, wh why? Uh, it's, it's a Black Lightning uh, kickback. 
I mean, there's okay. there's a lot of characters in DC that would be perfect for Samuel Jackson, but I I, I think that I don't think he wants to leave um, any of the I don't think he wants to leave that perfect formula that is the MCU because it makes it's a perfect money making machine. Well, and he's about to be in another in another um, Marvel movie. He's actually the longest running uh, character to play in the Marvel movies. He started in 2008's Iron Man. And he's confirmed for 2023's The Marvels. So he's he's been the longest run. So wouldn't it be kind of weird for him to switch over and play for the other team anyways? Ryan Reynolds did it. I, I mean, I guess Green Lantern wasn't the uh, best, uh, you know, <laughs> Green Lantern to Deadpool. It's not the best comparison, but, it, you know, it can be done, I suppose. It, uh, I mean, he's such a good actor. Like, I wouldn't complain. You know, there's certain people that are, they, they feel like they are the character, but... I mean, he, he's versatile. Like, I honestly, I don't even know what character I'd want him to play. He, I mean, he's getting up. Like, he, he still looks great, but he is up there a little bit in years. So I don't know if it'd be like a hero character or, you know, I I don't know if I could see many as the Batman villains. He's a good actor, but not, uh, you just need to play like crazy, like Joaquin Phoenix for that. Um, right. But yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe a, like, I can't even think of which character would be good for him, actually. I, I would need to like go through my Rolodex and just like, all right, no, no, okay, maybe, <laughs> you know, next. Yeah, he's 73 years old, so you're right about that. He's he's an old dude. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. Did you see recently Nick Cage said he wants to be a, a villain in Batman? That I can see. The Batman? That I would love. Yeah. <laughs> Anything with Nick Cage in a DC or Marvel film, I'm all for. <laughs> yeah, he wants even to the- play Egghead. That would be great also. That, character. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he would probably, I mean, he loves, like, isn't his son named Kal-El or Jor-El? I think he. Oh my gosh, I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah so like, named, yeah, and he, him. his last name Cage is from Luke Cage. Like, he's a huge nerd. So like, if he played Egghead, it would be, I mean, that would be such a great homage it's... to just everything Adam West has done. <laughs> like, uh, that would, that would be fantastic. <laughs> his son's name is Kal-El Coppola Cage. Of course, he's a Coppola. So. Yeah. Interesting. Well, all right. This has been fantastic. Brian, you got anything else for Alex? Yeah, I'm just like tripping out over the massive amount of DC characters that Jackson can play. There's so many. I, people only remember the big godlike characters. Like, you know, like you're, you're right, Alex. A lot, of, mm-hmm. a lot of DC is just the gods, right? Mm-hmm. But there are so many uh, smaller characters that went on for many, many books as... I wouldn't say side characters, but like, you know, co-characters to the mm. to the storyline, like, um, like uh, Black Lightning and Static Shock, and huge characters that maybe they weren't gods, but they were a big part of it. And say, I can totally see Sam Jackson as Static Static Shock's grandfather. Yeah. How cool would that be? Like, that would be was, awesome. <laughs> oh, man, I, uh, a Static Shock yeah. movie with Samuel Jackson. Oh, sign me up. Yeah, Static Shock was one of my favorite TV shows uh, when I was younger. I, I loved anything the DC animated universe had. Or, yeah, DC animated TV universe. So, like, if he could play, um, I can't remember his, even his, he's probably too old, I guess, to be the father. So, grandfather would work best. But um, the character they named after, I think after, was it Dwayne McDuffie? They was they named the father after him as well. I, I can't remember if it was. Oh, I can't uh, remember. I know his grandfather yeah. was a big part of his life. Not his, but his, his father wasn't very much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at least in the comic books, and he was related in some way to the original Black Lightning. Mm. 
I, I only know the TV side of things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't, I've, I've always wanted to read those comics, but I just haven't, haven't had the chance. Either way, it'd be, it'd be so cool seeing him in that role, especially if he was able to mentor a young Static Shock like that. I mean, that would be awesome. Yeah, there was actually an episode of the TV show where they had, it was another character similar to Static, like he had the same electric powers. I don't think they had the rights to use Black Lightning, which is also why they had Black Vulcan, I think it was his name in Justice League. Yeah, they had so the they older had to like come Black, up with the older uh, Static Shock, right? They came back yeah. in time. Oh yeah, they also had that too. That would be a great storyline. Anything, um, the the Justice League epilogue stuff and with the older Static Shock, like would be a, I mean that'd be a great adaptation. Just oh, man, any like that man beyond Jackson needs old Static. The older static Shock, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, and if I remember correctly too, he was like sort of salty the whole time too, which totally fits Sammy Jackson's uh, demeanor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I just want to let you know before we we believe I. I I've now I'm not even into Pokemon. I now watched three of your videos. Oh, uh, cool! <laughs> you guys, you guys are, are really your editing is tight. Your audio is perfect. Very oh, well done, my friend. As yeah, someone who it, does the same thing, it's a long work in progress. If you look at my first video to my last, it's very different. <laughs> like my every, everything about it, the set, the look, the my tone, my cadence, my everything uh, you, it's, it's always our first video it wasn't even yeah. video it was just audio of us talking mm. about something <laughs> yeah it's a i don't know it, it's it's fun though it, it's it's tough but fun <laughs> i agree yeah. yeah it's rewarding too when people respond well mm. to it, you know yeah like oh thank god they they love the 37 hours it took to make this 15 minute video <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> is there anything you want to add alex um no thanks for having me on um yeah, like, uh, yeah, hopefully we can do this again sometime. <laughs> and yes, I'll, for sure. I'll, yeah, yeah, they, just thanks for having me on. And if you guys like Pokemon, yeah, check out the channel. No worries if not. <laughs> That's right. He is Alex yeah. Silver. He is Professor Alex Silver. Make sure you get over to his YouTube channel. And also you can get him on Twitter at Prof Alex Silver. And we'll put all those links in the video so you guys can go check him out and uh, give him some love. Subscribe to his channel and check him out because he is hot. <laughs> and up and coming, and that's what I'm talking about. Hi. You have a great weekend, my friend, and hopefully we'll see you next week. All right, likewise. All right, talk Thank soon. You, sir. Bye. All right, now I got to figure out how to fix I, I was for some reason. How to decompress everybody? Yeah, how do I decompress this again? <laughs> I, I know, right? It's been a while since we did it. Yeah, we have not done the guest thing in a long time. Are you on, are you doing your the shared screen again? Me? Yeah, I never you? stopped. Yeah, can you see me? That doesn't mean I can see you, but that doesn't mean it didn't pop over the wrong way. Well, I'll be able to tell in a second because it'll uh, it'll show over here on the on the screen. I think. Okay. Okay. Um. What a nice guy. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I, Alex I, I, is great. I watched like three of his videos. And I'm like, you know, I'm not even into um, you know, uh, this character Paul's Ultimate Team, whatever. That was the first uh-huh. time I watched. But, like, am I missing something by not watching Pokemon? Because this looks so <laughs> yeah. cool. You know, I, I tell, it's funny. I watched the history of Charizard, and I'm like, I was enthralled. I don't know what it was about. I don't know what's going on. I mean, that was the character, one of the little creatures we were trying to collect, and I was all about it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm missing something. And then I wouldn't even know where to get it, but apparently, like, um, there's, like, one major service now for all for all the anime stuff out there. And yeah, it's anime called, I can't uh, stand, to be honest. It's like crunch, crunch, crunch crunchy. crunchy roll, crunchy roll. Crunchy roll, yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Well, very cool. 
All right. All right. Let's. Uh, having fun. I mean, I, yeah, I, I know I, I couldn't put my face on the screen because I didn't have that scene set up. Oh yeah, it's funny. Yeah, you weren't even there with us. I was there in spirit and in. Voice. You were. You were there. Yeah, you were. You were behind Ooh, us. Bruce the whole way. Campbell as Clayface. Yes. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, remember Bruce Campbell? Wasn't Bruce Campbell supposed to play Mysterio in the in the, in the Raimi movies video uh, movies? He was supposed to be Mysterio, and I guess they just ended him too soon. But they they were setting him up to be Mysterio. That would have been so. Cool. That would have been cool. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's get on with uh. Oh wait, oh wait, it's member section time. Am I right? It's member section time. Okay, here's the deal. I know some of you guys watching right now in this in in the unleashed portion are members you guys get over to the members section because we're going to be talking about scott Bakula and quantum leap and before we leave even if you're not joining us i want you to press f in the chat for quantum link because <laughs> i i don't think it can possibly survive um getting past the pilot alone without a scott Bakula commitment so we are going over there before we leave if you uh, if you are not subscribed, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, all that good stuff. And I'm gonna put the the link to uh, the members video in the chat here. That is where we're going. We're gonna do the next three stories. Uh, we're gonna be talking about Star Trek Discovery, the Amazon MGM deal with Stargate, and. Quantum Leap, Scott Bakula. Three amazing stories you do not want to miss. So if you're a member, pop yeah. on over. If you want to be a member, go to that link and join us. Yeah, we're going to be talking about how Star Trek Discovery, one of the one of the basically one of the directors, said they're going to be uh, infusing old Trek into next season's Discovery. So you're going to want to hear about that. <laughs> it's, it's going to be a discussion. It's going to be a doozy. All right, guys, we'll see you in the members section. Get on over there. Link is in the chat. Link is in the description, and it's on the screen now. I'm cutting the video feed here, and we're going to finish it over on the member section. Okay, and we are in the member section. Kenny the Woo. Pope says, talk about a split screen. <laughs> <laughs> that was one heck of a split screen. Quantum Leap, boys. Ooh. <clears throat> oh. <sighs> you want to talk about something else before we're talking about Quantum Leap? It's so nice to be over here. It's so nice to just be... <sighs> In our member section, relaxing. We got Fractured Vision. We got Archmage Frey. We got this is the, this Kenneth LaRoque. part of the pool because I peed. What? I peed in this part of the pool, so it's nice and warm. <laughs> what does that mean? Now, you guys, tell me tell me how my voice sounds. I'm using this new... Um, it's like a de-esser and a plosive uh, reducer. And... I paid like three times more for this than it would have cost for a regular pop filter. So I'm going to talk like ASMR and you guys tell me how it sounds. Okay, ready? Oh, let's hear your ASMR. Yeah, I want to hear this. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the headline. Written and executive produced by Sean Cassidy. In unbroken, three dynastic ranch families on the central coast of California make love and war in a passionate struggle to survive. Ultimately, setting the stage for a group of fiercely determined young women to win big for all for all at the national championship of rodeo in this clone of Yellowstone. 
<laughs> but before we get there, let's talk about tomorrow's video. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that was the best your voice has ever sounded, bro. Oh, I'm glad. This, maybe this pop filter is worth the money. And it's awkward, so it's like yeah, sticking my, my chest when I'm trying to talk. It's bothering me. <laughs> we got to talk to our members about what's coming because they get to know about it first. Oh, yeah? Uh, so tomorrow, I believe it's tomorrow. I got... So here's what happens. It might not be tomorrow. To be honest, I'm trying so hard, but the fact that I stopped midway through this morning's editing to do this and yeah, I don't know. So it's it's probably going to be Monday. Might be Monday. But there's a chance if Brian gets like hot, maybe he goes out tomorrow. Oh, I'm so hot. There's a, (laughs) there's, but seriously, interesting. This week was like weird. Okay. And it was really weird because. I went down to the studio with Brian on Wednesday. No, it was Tuesday. Tuesday night. It was Tuesday night. We were like, yeah, we got here a day early. We're not going to push it. We're going to get this thing done. I got the script finished. I I drove cross-eyed all the way over to his house, was there until midnight, one o'clock in the morning, whatever. And we did this. We we, we finished the script, voiced it, got everything good to go. And we started working on the ad. So that that video's ad is a, uh, a Raid Shadow Legends ad, which I know all of you love. Um, but uh, they're sponsoring us, and we got to pay for this time we're doing. So thank you for not giving us too much of a hard time. I don't understand the people who complain in the comments that we have an ad. Because I'm like, well, how the heck are we supposed to afford to do this? Yeah, this you know, takes a long time. Guys. How are we supposed to pay for life if we can't get an ad? You know, and so I, I try to politely respond to those people by saying, "I'm sorry, guys, uh, but we got you know we got to do it." Um, oh, Archmage Frey, hey, welcome over here, man. You talked me into it. It's awesome. He's one of our new members. Oh, is he new? He's a brand new member. Awesome. Oh, that's great, dude. Um, thanks for doing that, man. We appreciate the support. So the so it's funny because last week, or so the, so basically on Tuesday we're we're doing these this video, and we get to the end and I'm working on the on the um the ad for raid, and Brian raid goes Shadow Legends raid Shadow Legends, and Brian goes uh they said they wanted the video to run on the 23rd or whatever next 24th. week and I'm like no bullshit no 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 right and I'm like no 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 no. And then I looked at the email, and sure as hell, they had agreed to do it on the 18th, which was today, but then came back with another email I missed and said they wanted to do it the following week. And we just kind of both looked at each other and said, oh, God, what are we going to do now? Because we can't put the video out this week. So what because, do we do, Ryan? Yeah, because we wrote the ad into that video. It was well, it had to, video. yeah. It was, it was specifically the way it was done. It needed to go in that video. And they put all this effort into making this video. We did the thumbnail. We did everything. Sometimes the th- even the thumbnails take like all day. Everything takes a long time. So we thought we were at the end of the road and I was going to edit. We had plenty of time to edit. No problem. Hey, Shane, what's up with this date right here? <laughs> so that video was going to be uh star star trek 4 yeah. and some interesting interesting news and i'm super excited about that too that's going to be cool right. but it'll be okay if it comes out next week it won't it won't mess up with the timeliness right so we're doing star trek 4 next week and yeah. this week is what 
So then we went home <laughs> the next day and I'm like, we got to write another script and voice another. I mean, it was just like, it's so hard guys to just do one in a week, let alone two. And so we said, all right, we were going to do this, this thing with, uh, uh, with strange new worlds, but then we ended up doing something else. We ended up doing the new Kirk thing came out. So we actually go deep guys. The video that's coming out this week, there's no advertiser on. Oh, there's a special advertiser on this week. There's a special one. We're not even gonna tell you. I'm not even gonna say it. It's such a it's such a cool surprise. Really an advertiser. It is. It shut up. It's an advertiser. It's, it's good. Really. It's a sponsor. It's just fun. It's fun. But anyways, so expect that to come. But this one, so we're going deep, man. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna show where Kirk is, what what he's doing. And everything that's going on, going into strange new worlds, and it's going to be a, the best video put out on it so far. So you guys don't want to see that. It'll probably come out so late you Saturday don't or Monday. Want to miss this video, dude? You said that so well. <laughs> um, All right. And he also recorded it instead of in the in this in the studio. He basically recorded it from a, what sounds like a telephone in 1987. Uh, at his home <laughs> guys i use this <laughs> look i literally put the microphone in this and i'm like reading it right here yeah i wish you can i wish i could show you guys like the setup we've set up for this and then and then fast forward to him <laughs> with a mailbox <laughs> it's a mailbox it's literally if the post office sees this they probably get in trouble warning not for private use yeah well uh, that's private yeah. Meanwhile, uh, over mm. over my, my little studio, uh, there's like a actual like kickback uh, filter, and there's a TV with the script running. And <laughs> <laughs> oh no no, it's, it's nicer. <clears throat> but all it's right. also like a three and a half hour drive. It's a long drive, but I yeah. gotta tell you, as someone who has been working on the audio for the better part of the day. <laughs> I did ask. You know what? I was prepared. I was prepared last night to just go and do it. If you had told me this isn't going to work, I would have just come. I didn't want you to have to. Do it. I know. I appreciate that. All right. So anyways, that's what's going on tomorrow. We're talking about Kirk. We have a big podcast video talking about Kirk. And it's going to be good. And you're going to like it. You're going to like it. All right, man. Let's. Uh, you ready to get into the Scott Bakula stuff? Yeah. All right, dude. We're talking about Scott Bakula to star in a new NBC drama pilot called Unbroken. And what does that mean for Quantum Leap? Well, that means that it's time to press F in the chat because Quantum Leap is probably dead. Now, before Quantum we get into the story, before we get into the story, please, on the way to the comment section, to start screaming and and all capsing the letter F. Please hit the subscribe button if you're not already subscribed. And the like button on your way back to the video to finish what the story is. Shane, what's happening, dude? Yeah, Quantum Leap. This the, the headline of the story: Scott Bakula to star in NBC drama pilot Unbroken uh, slash Quantum Leap will be a freaking soup sandwich. <laughs> that's that's what the rest of this headline should be. When this story came out, breaking news, I believe yesterday or the day before. Uh, I literally had to take a moment of silence because we've been doing these these Quantum Leap videos really in preparation, saying, look at guys, Scott Bakula is done with, with NCIS New Orleans. He's doing nothing. He's basically waiting for this, <laughs> for this uh, 
new show for to, for that for them Quantum to do the Leap. pilot and then join it for Quantum Leap to come back and bring Doctor Sam Beckett back uh, from you know being stuck in in time. Uh, well, no, apparently not. Apparently, he's uh, decided to do this pilot uh, for the same studio, NBC, Unbroken. So not only is NBC wow. doing Quantum Leap's pilot, but he's decided to do this Unbroken pilot because he's jealous of uh of um, kevin costner kevin costner he's jealous that's what's happening right here scott and i'm telling you what i'm freaking we're just about we don't know if they're actually jealous of kevin costner he must be because he's decided to do a yellowstone like wannabe show it seems like a yellowstone clone it really it does, does. it does written and executive produced by sean cassidy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like that sean cassidy Ready? Back you up. We'll play Ash Holeren, a retired saddle, <laughs> a retired saddle bronc rodeo champion who's desperate to hold on to the California ranch that's been in his family for generations. We've seen this show already, didn't we? With neighbors encroaching and his winery and trail riding business barely turning a profit, Ash and his extended family will be forced to dig deep to find a road back to the life they once knew. It's the same show. Well, not exactly. Say, Except they have more money up there or whatever. Yeah, in Yellowstone, they're like, it's more like, they're like very wealthy because it's like a mob. It's like, it's like mob meets old, West, you know, Western uh style living this okay, is well, on the same note though i mean like if it's successful will there be like an 1847 uh, show where it's what? like sam elliott does that one too it's, yeah it's sam <laughs> elliott. Wait, wait, i'm gonna do my, my best sam elliott right oh oh i was gonna do it too go ahead hey, uh, get that uh bronco over there and take it to the saddle i tell you you know back in my day <laughs> <laughs> first thing i gotta tell you guys is that i'm gonna i'm actually gonna whoop your asses right now you gotta, you gotta do a little more grunting I, I i like sam elliott a whole lot I do but too. but listen it does not take away from the despair that i have that he wants to do this this pilot when he could be just slam dunking a quantum le- I, I, okay now listen i don't know scott bacula personally and maybe at his age, he's like, look, I don't want to go do somebody I've already done. Maybe that's the case. But, Scott, the fans really want you to do it. <laughs> so, come on, man. The fact that someone didn't back up a dump truck of money to his to his house, it just means that the studio doesn't really believe in the Quantum Leap revival. I mean, it's the, the, the originator of the show. Uh, Donald Belisario is is making this continuation. I mean, I just... And he's been successful in other continuations, correct? Yeah, no, he they did the, Mag, they did the Magnum PI one. Uh, they did Hawaii Five-0, which I'm not 100% sure was him. But, um, but here's the deal. Here's my hope. Fingers crossed. Uh, they do the pilot for Unbroken, and somebody goes, yeah, there's already a show out there called Yellowstone. The only realistic thing about this is that he's broke and he lives in california if that's the case yes yeah, central coast of california which by the way is where i live right now uh sorry uh, that's fascinating Sam Elliott here do you have a ranch where you live do I, do, you, I don't have a ranch you don't live on a ranch 10 uh, bucks this is a san inez valley do you ride a bronco and uh, <laughs> was i a rodeo trail, champion trail horses that you have to take care of in the, in the barn 
No, um, I don't ride. I don't ride horses. So, dude, no, you're wrong. Let me tell you why you're wrong. Why? They're making this movie because of Yellowstone. I'm right. Sorry. They want to have their own Yellowstone. Because, yes, this is a Yellowstone clone. We see it all the time. Every time there's a successful show, there's always another version of, right. of that successful show. Often, it does not fare as well as the original um, that it copied. Sometimes it fares better than the original. It happens sometimes. But more often than not, it fails. It fails. So yeah. let's hope this fails. Okay, so listen. No ill will to Scott Bakula. Love him. Love him. Love him. But I really hope your show fails because I want you to go, I guess I got to do that Quantum Leap show. That's what, I, that's what I hope happens. I hope NBC says this pilot is terrible and somehow, uh, they're, they're, somehow Quantum Leap gets picked up. And Scott Bakula ends up on the show. So Quantum Leap would have to get picked up because they're basically happening at the same time, which means that it would have to get through an entire season on its own before they can even... Well, no, it's just a pilot. Oh, so but yeah, they're not airing the pilot? I thought they were airing at the same time. Well, no, it depends on if the pilot gets picked up. So the way it works is they shoot a pilot. The studio looks... I mean, the studio shoots tons of pilots. But they don't all get picked up. Very few of them actually do. The ones that have name talent like Scott Bakula more likely to get picked up. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, there's no guarantee that it's going to get picked up. They might look at it and go, wow, this is garbage. <laughs> and plus, NBC needs science fiction. Yeah. Right? Yeah, what do they got? Yeah, but they're working on Battlestar. Well, they're working on Battlestar. You know, that, that thing is moving at the speed of, of nothing. It's moving at the speed of a snail, right? And they have, don't doesn't don't they have Resident Alien now? I believe they. I, I don't know if that counts. Yeah, I, I don't because they're not making it. They're just they just bought the rights to it, right? And it's a comedy thing, you know. It's science I, fiction. It's science fiction. I mean, it is science fiction, but it's not the science fiction that. It's not quantum leap science fiction. It's soft. It's science not a drama. Fiction. Right. All right. So, you know that that's this is what we have to say about it. We we're gonna wait. We're gonna follow this closely. But I predict now that if Quantum Leap doesn't have Scott Bakula, it will not be good. No, it will definitely 1,000% not be good without Scott Bakula. I'm, I'm worried about being good with Scott Bakula. So, <laughs> being real, I mean, we got Ernie Hudson. That's great. But the rest of the casting is like, oh. It's questionable. Cares? Super questionable. It is questionable. And it may not even make it. It may not even make it. We'll make it past the pilot. This, I'll be honest with you, Unbroken's got more of a chance to make it past the pilot probably than Quantum Leap does. It's true, true. Because they got a A-list actor. All right. Well, let us know on the comment section what you think. And on the way down, if you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button. Thank you. Love you. Bye. All right. What's next? Wait. Hold up. Can we fix your video? Because like, I'm not loving how your video's looking. If I'm being honest here. What changed? I, I figured it out. Whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> what was it? So your camera's on. Yeah. And I can go like this. And I can swap to your shared screen, and the quality is like 13 times better. Wow. Your camera's on. All right. Never yeah, this mind. is the screen I'm sharing, right? Never mind. I fixed it. All right, awesome. I, didn't need I knew help. you'd do it. I need your help. I knew you'd figure it out. Yeah, I got it. Got it, bro. <laughs> all right we've got the comment section nothing new ain't nothing happening yet all right ready ready to talk about stargate what are we talking about 
play right now. Stargate? Hold up, hold up, hold up. I gotta find the, uh... Find the article? The article. Okay. You find the article, and I'll enter this. We are talking about Amazon closing its $8.5 billion acquisition of MGM. What that means for Stargate, and what that means for our favorite franchises, because... <clears throat> As far as I know, it's time to get to work. Isn't that right, Shane? That is right. And I got to tell you guys something here. Stargate, oh, Stargate on Amazon. Let me tell you what. Amazon is, Amazon is a, Wait, what were we talking about earlier? Before you finish that thought, if you haven't already subscribed, please head down there, hit that subscribe button, okay? And the like button if you want to, because a lot of you guys aren't subscribed. And... Mm -hmm. You know, we need more subscribers. Okay, that's it. That's that's that simple. Now, what were you saying, Shane? Now, I'm just saying Amazon's a gangster. <laughs> okay, Amazon is a gangster. Okay, so FTC is like screaming, uh, "Yeah, we're not going to let this acquisition go through." Amazon's trying to be a monopoly. Blah 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 blah. And Amazon's like, "Look, <clears throat> we're going to give you until mid March to to figure something out." So the FTC was split two two. And there's a great video we did on it that you can catch on our Prime channel that goes into it really in, de in depth. But essentially what happened was, just this week, the European Union was evaluating it. And they gave it flying colors and said, yeah, there's nothing going on here. And the moment that happened, Amazon's like, okay, we're done. It's, it's done. The deal's over. We've, we're, we've got MGM. Because they were the ones allowing the FTC to basically holding off on closing the deal until the FTC had an opportunity to look at it. That was the, the, the concession that they made. Right. But it was Amazon's decision to choose. Now, the FTC can still come back and be like, no, 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 that was illegal. This ain't, you know, and, and take it away somehow. But as of right now, Amazon's like, nope, we're closing it. MGM is ours. The deal is done. Yeah, and the odds of that happening are slim, right? Slim, very slim. And the reason why was it was split two and two, two Dems, two Republicans, and the the Democratic fifth member hadn't been sworn in um, yet because of the broke of the split Congress, and he couldn't get a Senate confirmation in the Senate. So you know what? So for the first time in probably the history of me ever remembering, Washington gridlock actually did us a favor. Washington gridlock did something good. It's, it's possibly going to give us new Stargate. <laughs> so, you know what's really sad right there, ready? We are praising them for not doing their jobs. Thank you so much for being so slow and so bad at your jobs that we, are we, we have the opportunity to get some new Stargate. Thank you. Thank yes. You. It, it's usually so negative, it's nice to be able to turn it into a positive. All right. Um, but so what does it mean? Now, does this guarantee that Stargate's going to come pumping out right away? It doesn't. Um, but what we do know is that uh, MGM's leadership is now becoming part of the Amazon Prime leadership. Um, mm -hmm. so, so that step is taking place. And for everybody who's like really unhappy with how Amazon has handled the, um, the uh, Wheel of Time reboot or the Wheel of Time series... Yep. And for everybody who's who's really unhappy at what it what seems to be happening with the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, and uh, the way that's coming down, everybody's like kind of down on Amazon. Let me just remind you that um, 
Amazon has a tendency to let each showrunner kind of operate their own show. Right. They're not politically driven specifically based on... So if you think that Amazon executives and Amazon Prime are coming into the rings of power uh, and saying, listen, you guys have to change the dwarf. You have to do this. You have... It's not. There's a showrunner and they're making all of the decisions for it. And so... That's kind of what's happening at that time. They're making the decisions, and then, good or bad, that's kind of what Amazon ends up going with. Now, I don't know if this is going to be good business down the road, but that's what's happening. So, why is that good for Stargate? The reason that's good for Stargate is because Brad Wright is likely the person who's going to do Stargate. Because he is the creator and the originator of Stargate, um, he believes in maintaining the canon and maintaining Stargate's true identity. The integrity. The integrity of, of Stargate. He wants to maintain that. So if he gets the show and he's allowed to create a new Stargate series, then it will be more like The Expanse, the way that was done, where they stayed true to their storytelling. The Stargate will likely also do the same. It won't be all woke. Unless, of course, Brad has become woke, which I hope that's not the case. I doubt it. I doubt it, too. Yeah, I doubt So this it. is great news. Yeah, it's great. It's been it's phenomenal news. I'm so glad that politicians are bad at doing their jobs. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, the European Union's antitrust regulator said they unconditionally approved Amazon's proposed acquisition. <clears throat> In part because MGM's content cannot be considered as must-have. Essentially, MGM's not big enough, doesn't have enough content for them to be considered cornering the market. Yeah, can I ask you a question? And I know we cover it in our, our Stargate video, but for the love of all things that are holy, how can they even, um, how can they say that this is an antitrust lawsuit, but they let Disney buy Fox for 70 plus billion dollars? Uh, yeah, I mean, essentially it's because the um, uh, Lena Khan, who's in charge of the FTC, has a big old heart on for Amazon. That's all it is. She really wants to bring Amazon down. She's been trying to do it for three years. And she's taking every opportunity, anytime they do something that's within her purview, she's trying to mess it up. She doesn't like Amazon's big business model. She doesn't like the fact that she don't think they're paying their employees enough, that they, they hire their, you know, they, they give their employees raises within. There's a whole bunch of stuff to it. She's a hard leftist that is just anti-Amazon and she wants it broken up. And I get it. I understand the idea of being, of being anti-big business. But Disney's a bigger business, right? Yeah, but you know what's funny about Disney? It's like, who wants to like be the person responsible for bringing down Mickey Mouse? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like you explain that to the kids. You know, yeah. oh, Disney doesn't Jeff exist. Jeff Bezos is Lex Luthor lookalike with a billion dollars, right? And, you know, and, you know. the happiest place on earth. And Mickey Mouse is like, oh, what's wrong? You know, I'm just I'm just here having fun buying Fox. No big deal. Don't even look over here. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Well, and, yeah, well, I'm with you, but you know, and for the same reason, like I recognize that Amazon is likely. I mean, there's a part of me that's like totally, totally impressed with what they've done uh, since we've been alive. I mean, 2000, you know, in the, in the late '90s, they just they basically set the cornerstone on on the internet and said, "Yeah, we're going to own the internet," and they've just they haven't stopped. So there's so there's part of me that's impressed, but there's also part of me that's terrified because. Uh, you know, they're doing everything. They bought Whole Foods. They're, they're basically, you can't be online without, everybody needs AWS nowadays. They're like the number one yeah. 
you know, the only way to roll. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, when, when, what year was it that we went to VidCon? Uh, 2018? 2018, right? Yeah. All right, in 2018, I was on some guy's show. You can find this video on YouTube. And the show was basically, I say a statement, and then he has to, this guy has to uh, re re rebut that statement, right? Okay. So I say something that I believe wholeheartedly. And then he has the opportunity to rebut that statement and then put it. I remember that. Right. Yeah. And my statement, if you recall, was Amazon's an evil corporation and we'll all be working for them within 10 years. <laughs> okay. I remember that. Yeah. The guy looked at me like I was nuts. Um, and I went on this rant about them, you know, at, at some point in 10 years, um, all the only jobs you can get will be working at an Amazon factory or a drone operator. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're like delivering ten, now. Yeah. Like a 10 minute ramp rant about it. And the guy's like, uh-huh. Okay. Well, thanks for being on. I appreciate that. <laughs> he didn't even refute you. He had no re 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 rebuttal, no refute, nothing. He was like, okay, well, <laughs> okay. Well, have a good day guys. Thanks. Thanks for coming. And his video was on his channel for all of about uh, a week before it was off because it just it had no views. Because instead of him and the guy usually arguing, it was like me just saying something for 10 minutes and him being like. There's there's no rebuttal to it. He had yeah. nothing. So I, I copied the video. I got to share it at some point. But okay. uh, he just immediately, the video was deleted from his channel. It's a, it's a, it ended up being a fairly big creator too. Which I, so I wish that maybe he, I had given some space for him to argue. <laughs> to allow him to argue back. Yeah. But instead, I just like, he had no, there was no argument. Amazon is gigantic. And in the future of Idiocracy, we'll be working for, what, Taco Bell and, and Disney Dew. or whatever, right? Mountain Dew, right? <laughs> yeah. We'll be drinking Brondo, working for Taco Bell. Starbucks will be a, 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 a coffee shop and a, a bordello. Brought to you by Carl's Jr. Brought to you by Carl's Jr. And <laughs> Brondo, the thirst quencher. <laughs> and The Rock will be the president of the United States. Right. But I would argue that the only reason that that, that that movie didn't include Amazon on the list of people that would own everything is because of the time it was made. Yeah, I agree. It would have been made today. It would be not be Taco Bell and Carl's Jr. It would be Amazon, Disney, and maybe another food company like uh, McDonald's or something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, look, Archmage Frey says. So you would say Amazon is feeling the wrath of Khan. Oh! <laughs> you need to go watch our other video, man, on the main channel yeah, because well, on this channel. Yeah, can I play that clip? You got it. Yeah, I got it. Here. Yeah, we definitely capitalized on the con thing. We cap yeah, yeah. heavily capitalized on the. <laughs> How ironic her name was properly con. Yeah, I'll, I'll find it. There was like a minute. Con, con, con. I told Shane I was gonna do that. He goes, "Listen, that's hilarious, but like, don't make it. Don't make it like Kirk saying con for twenty minutes straight." <laughs> <laughs> Knowing my brother, he would do that. Yeah. <laughs> con. Uh, what well, we wanted is a bunch of different people saying con. That would have been perfect. All right. Ready, guys? Here we go. 
expanding power. That's great. Oh man. All right. Well, that's enough of this. Um let's... Oh, so can I just say one more thing? Yeah. So what we're waiting on now is we're waiting on MGM to kind of get lined up with their leadership in place and then we're looking to start watching Brad Wright for movement. That's where we're looking. So, you know, if he stops doing his podcast soon um, and you st- he starts to kind of go quiet, you know something's coming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if he's no longer on the companion app and you're like, oh, right. I haven't seen him in a couple months. Like, okay, okay, yeah. okay. start following his social media. Yeah, I think, I think that when Brad stops moving is when he's moving. Yeah, and you can also keep an eye on Joe. Joe Malazzo. Malazzi. Malazzi. Sorry. Uh, yeah, you can keep an eye on him, see what he's doing, because I'm sure he, I think he might be going with Brad if it happens, so. Yeah, they were doing a lot of uh, streams recently. Yeah, and we'll be, we'll be, we'll be looking closely at that and kind of watching it, so we'll give you guys a heads up if we think something's coming. How great would it be if we got Brad Wright and Malazzi back together again on a Stargate show? It'd be great. Yeah. Oh. God, yeah. what a day that would be. Fantastic. All right, well, listen, we're going to move on here, but uh, on the way down to the comment section to uh, voice your opinion, please hit that subscribe button if you're not already a subscriber and the like button if you care. See you tomorrow. <laughs> All right, what's next, man? We're talking about... Um... Oh, wait, Archmage says here, I did the con long in my high school play out of context and it didn't go over well. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what year was it? That's how old were you, or what year did that happen? Because there's a time when that would have been funny, and you're right, and probably a time when that wouldn't have went over so well. Right. Okay. All right, we're talking. Oh, we're talking discovery. Yeah, boy. All right, let me get set this up real quick. And we are talking about Star Trek Discovery Season 5 will combine new and old styles of the franchise. And just in case you don't remember, yes, Season 4 just ended. And yes, there is already a Season 5. And it looks like we'll be combining a lot of things from old Trek into new Trek. And we wonder how you feel about that. But before I let Shane take over... (laughs) He's going to be talking for at least 10 minutes. No, no, no. Please hit the subscribe button if you're not already subscribed. And the like button if you care on your way to the comment section to start streaming about Star Trek. Shane, what's happening? Listen, if you love Star Trek Discovery, if you love it and you're like, yes, I love this Star Trek, then let me tell you something. I'm very happy for you, and I am so happy you like it. And you can still come here and watch our channel as much as you want. But I can't stand this freaking show. <laughs> and I am so sorry. Don't hate me for it. I'm just being honest. I try. I'm trying really hard. And so um, I am. I'm trying really hard. I, I watched. I I've pretty much said I wasn't going to watch it after season two. I told Brian, I'm like, I'm just done with it. I can't. I can't watch it no more. And then I said, eventually, he's like, man, it's getting better. It's getting better. So I'm okay. So I started watching season three. And it was better. You know, there were some better things. And, you know, they were in the future. It wasn't affecting things as much. And I'm like, okay, I got this. And then I noticed as I'm going through season four, and I'm I'm forcing myself to get through it. I'm going to be honest. I'm forcing myself. 
uh, because I know I got to get to the end because we're going to talk about it. <clears throat> and what here, something interesting happened. Michael Burnham stopped being the main reason I didn't like the show anymore. Okay. Um, she was the main reason I didn't like Star Trek Discovery. I just didn't like her. Um, I thought she was too bossy. I thought she was too... I didn't, I didn't think she was very captain-like, even though she was mostly a first officer. Um, and to her credit, when she became a captain, she actually kind of became a captain. Okay. But what happened with Star Trek Discovery, in my opinion, is... And this is, this is okay. I don't watch Lifetime television. <laughs> I don't. I don't watch it. I don't watch it because I don't like the shows. Or, I'm not into, What about you know, the Oxygen Network? Or Oxygen. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a dude, I guess, and I just don't like it. And that's okay. And, and listen, maybe there's some dudes who like Lifetime and Oxygen, and they love watching the shows where all the women get together and, and um, you know, and kill the man that was doing them wrong. <laughs> you know, maybe they're, hey, to each their own. I mean, it's like, cool, you know? I'm sure my wife would watch the heck out of that stuff. Yeah, she's she uh, killing you. I don't want to watch that. And so what I believe has happened, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, that's content is content. You know, there's content for everybody. And I just believe, I kept telling myself, it's Star Trek, it must be my content. Right? I just kept saying that. It's Star Trek. Right. It's Star Trek. It must be for me. It's, it's just not for me. It's not my type of content. They took a Star Trek story. They took Star Trek material and they made a lifetime oxygen network tv show right um and in this tv show there's nothing wrong with this but for me it's not great i don't want to know everybody's mental status every three minutes <laughs> i don't need to know that each person is hurting inside mentally and have the character next to them say are you okay is everything all right i'm here to support you I, listen, you're not alone. And to the point where the computer actually becomes one of those characters. Oh, the computer starts doing the same thing. Yeah, I noticed that. Right? Or, like, or in the middle Doctor, of a... I need to speak to you. I don't feel right. And you're like, what are you doing? Right. And then, and then Saru, like in the middle of a scene where everyone is about to die, pulls Michael aside and is like, why do you think she meant that she didn't want to hang out with me talking about the Vulcan president lady? I'm like, what's going on here? Am I in reality? <laughs> like everybody's about to die from these 10 C people or th beings. And it just, what I realized was it just isn't great. Like <laughs> that's not, that's not fair. It's just not great for me. Yeah. And I want to like everything Star Trek, but it wasn't made respectfully. It was not made for people like me. It was intentionally made for people who want that style of television. And it's just not me. So, I've said my piece. I'm probably never going to talk about it again. Until season five when I get stuck back here doing this again. <laughs> because, and Brian isn't even a chance to say anything. But Because I just want to lead into this. Discovery 5, the headline is Star Trek Discovery Season 5 will combine new and old styles of franchise. That stopped me. But before we go into that, Brian, tell me what you think of, of Discovery. <laughs> I feel like I've been talking about Discovery on and off for the last like few weeks every show, but 
yeah, it's not for me. It's not made for me. It's not made for it's I don't think it's made for Trekkies. Um, I think it's, maybe it's made. But there's for, so much Trekkie stuff in it, bro. I know. And maybe it's made for a specific, a very small group of Trekkies, perhaps. Okay. But it's not really made um, for us. Yeah, you're right. If, if Star Trek was on, you know, the Lifetime Network, it would make, you know, and had a massive budget because you don't have to. Huge. You know, Biggest show ever on Lifetime. Yeah. Then, yeah, this would be it. It just seems like this show is, it has its marching orders and to death to anyone that disagrees with the, with, with the methodology and the type of um, emotions they're going to constantly put out. And if you disagree with it or you criticize it in any way, you are instantly labeled as a misogynist or a sexist or a homophobe or a racist or something. Right. Um, a friend of mine on Twitter was like, what was up with this? What's her name? Stacy Green. What's her name? Uh, Abrams, I think. Stacy Abrams. I don't know. Her, I don't know her name. Yeah, just she's so the, much she's I the governor care about politics. Governor Zero. Canada of Georgia. Yeah, I don't care about politics at all. I didn't even know that that was a politician, right? Um, I didn't care. But someone on Twitter was like, "Oh, of course, you know, Discovery is going to have Stacy Abrams." He literally said, "This is the words he said." Of course. Discovery is going to have Stacey Abrams. They're going to give Stacey Abrams a promotion in the Star Trek universe. That's all I said. And his comment was inundated with people calling him a racist and a sexist. And well, that's, I don't, yeah. I don't even know how. How how did you even draw the conclusion that he's a racist sexist from what he... from, from Because that he story? doesn't like it, so therefore he must be. And I got to tell you, there's there are. There are racists, sexists, um... Um, you know, anti-gay uh, people out there Homophobe. that don't like this stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there are people out there that you're right, and obviously they're not going to like it. But just because somebody doesn't like the content doesn't mean there are those things. You know, um, there's nothing wrong with LGBTQ characters on a show. It's not the problem isn't the gender or the, the race or the sex of the person on the show it's the constant bombardment that we are that mental health which is a serious thing has dominated um the point of the show right the, like, the show is about mental health it's not about it's not about it's not about i don't know it's not about star trek to me it's more about everybody's mental health in star trek no that's you're and right that's what bothers me and that that yes every single character is going through a therapy session. Even yes, even when book and bad guy, whatever his name is, uh, is gonna go get the power source to stop the DMA, and and you know they argue that you know as the second, um, uh, what's her name? Jesus Christ, the engineer chick. Oh, Tignataro's character. Tignataro's character is like, hey, he's gonna kill everyone. That's a great. First off, she did great that episode. Oh, she was killer, dude. She was the she was the one of the best things about those last couple episodes. Yeah, you're right. She was awesome. And you know what's funny? I said she was awesome when she was introduced. I don't know. That's if you true. She's been good all the way through. Right. She plays a very straight, uh, laced character. Right. Now, when she's like, he's gonna kill everyone, and he starts to disagree with her. Well, what's her next move? Her next move is to play therapist to book. Right. 
And that's that's how the show operates. They're an hour away from total annihilation. Right? Yes. Like everything's gonna die if this lets this happen. And the whole the whole everything. Billions of people. Right, billions of people. And she's like, Hey man, listen, I know how you feel, buddy. And you're like, What are you doing? Is this not feelings time? Billions right. of people, billions of, of life forms are going to perish because of this. She Fix played it. it crazy cool. She should have called his butt out the moment she saw it and said, hey, you know, she should have said it. Right. You know? She had to wait for him to bring down the thing and grab his arm. That's all. The, that's what's wrong with it, guys. That's what's wrong with it. Oh, thank you, Archmage. It's Jet Reno. Great yeah. name, by the way. Jet Reno. Jet Reno. And I um, like her character so much. Yeah, she's one of the great. Few characters from Discovery that I actually really like every time she's on screen. I like Reno. I like Stamets. Um, I like Saru. Except I for like. Recently. I don't like Saru anymore. Don't like him no more. No, no. Yeah, because recently they're making Saru like this. Done with like, Saru. Is he going through like? Is he going through uh, puberty? What's the deal right now? No, he's the same problem. Everybody, what they the writer said. Look, okay, hey. Uh, Michelle Par- Par- Paradiso, the the showrunner. Look, mental health is a huge issue. We're gonna have everybody's gonna have a mental health problem on board the ship. Everybody, okay. Jeez. And listen, I'll be honest. I'll be the first one to tell you. I tell my kids when you go to college, you get a degree and become a therapist because in the future everybody's gonna need one. It's gonna be the best paying job in America. So go for it. So they're not wrong. The question is, is do I want to watch it? Do I want to watch several hours of it? You know, I don't know. I don't know, and I don't even know. I don't. No, you definitely don't. I don't. Yeah, and that's, um, the, that's the problem. It, it, it feels like, even though the stakes are massive, it feels like everyone's really concerned about their personal well-being. Yes. And, and it's so, and, and as you're... You Which know, is important, but not, it can't overwhelm the entire show. Right, especially when you're on a military vessel. That's another thing, too, is like, I feel like Star Trek has forgotten that this is... The military. We're watching a military right. show. And for everyone to constantly act out of character in in, a, in, in what would be of a future professional organization slash military, it, it, it takes me out of the show because they're constantly worried about their personal issues. Constant. Even, I mean, even when they're not talking about to each other, they're making the audience aware of it on screen nonstop. It's right. Just nonstop and... uh, emotional, emotional distress nonstop. Now, even the gosh darn ship is experiencing emotional distress. It feels like a, a SNL parody, right? Right. The only person who deserved to have mental problems on that ship was one person in this last season, and that was Book. Because his planet got destroyed with all of his family on it. Yeah, I actually like it's like the only too. person who deserved, even the guy who was hanging with him, who became like totally mentally unstable. Massive. Right? Massively mentally unstable. His partner was gone for years. Years and years and years. years. So yeah. why is it 10 years later or however many years it is later that now he's like having this mental breakdown over the whole thing, you know? It's because Discovery showed up. Yeah, it was almost like... That's why. Yeah, yeah, right. Discovery shows up, and this guy starts having a mental breakdown. And you know what's funny is, like, when you when when the guy that lost his entire family and planet... Like, all the people who ever existed in his race or whatever. In I his mean, world. Like, yeah, in his world, yeah. If, if, if that guy is the one trying to talk sense into you, 
you've gone too far. <laughs> right. That's if he's right. the only one on screen right now that is mentally stable, then you need to reevaluate your mental stability. Yeah, it's just, it's just. I mean, I, I kind of like the whole idea of the ten C's. I kind of liked the way they they did a good job with that. There was, you know, that was good. I like that uh, we couldn't instantly communicate with them. That was. Great. I love that they had to figure out a process that's very Trek. Very Trek. Uh, I love that it was very complicated and nothing. That, I mean, that was all good. Um, it was just that that should have been the point of the show. Right. That should have been like what the show was about, not ultimately. You know, we all have problems and we need to talk to somebody about it, which is true. If you got if you feel that way, you got to go talk to somebody. But we don't need a show that that overwhelms that. And then, I mean, frankly speaking, depending no matter what political persuasion you are, whether you're on the left or on the right, I hate it when a show comes in and just knocks on the door and says, we're going to show you exactly what we think. And that's what they did. They brought in Stacey Abrams, who's a, a, govern, a gubernatorial candidate for the state of Georgia and an upcoming Democratic, you know, probably future presidential candidate. You know, she's political, got it together. Ain't nothing wrong with her. But it just says, hey, this is the side we're on and this is the person who fixes everything. You know, and it's like... And I would argue that the, that? The, 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 the state of the planet is actually not fixed. So if anything, you self-own. If you're trying to, if you're trying to you know, say we... Uh, associate with this party let me show you the dystopian future and who's in charge like no 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 that does well what they're what they're saying is is that they were able to change see that's the point is this so what what it's saying is is we're dystopian now but we're able to change and that that the whole thing of it is is like it's too much on the nose and there's articles written about it that was like um you know, most Star Trek shows would, you know, would kind of play the middle of the road on this, but not these guys. They took a real chance, a real risk. Right. And it's like, you know, I'm just not sure why. I'm not sure why it's necessary to take that stand in a show where where you got a lot of people who are either in the middle or on either side who are all Star Trek fans. And and if you if you want to scream about you know, being inclusive, then be inclusive. Right. And and stop you know, stop, uh, finger pointing or what do you call it? Stop, uh, virtue signaling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things happened in this episode is we did get, get to see the 10 C, which was great. Um, I did like the 10 C. I liked it that they weren't new, but they did break a, uh, Star Trek alien rule. And we didn't talk about this last week, but I did. (laughs) I sort of wanted to talk about it today really quickly. Um, because the species is as about as far from humanoid as possible, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not that that's bad, but it really, and I don't know if this is an actual rule or not, but can can you remember another species in Star Trek that wasn't humanoid? Yeah. Uh, Picard, end of season one. (laughs) Okay. All those crazy creatures that they were trying to block out, remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. The <laughs> the Mass Effect ripoffs. Yes, the Mass Effect beasts. Okay, so. But other than that, that was that was like higher plane of existence. I mean, you got things like you know the Horta or, you know. But yeah, I guess I mean, 
Not really. Okay. <laughs> right. All right. So now that we know that's on the table, then you know when 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 the art when the headline says season five will combine new and old styles of franchise, when we have no problem breaking from the normal Star Trek ranks, we're making new aliens. Not a bad thing, <laughs> right? What do you think their plans are then? Well, I saw this picture of her next to the original Spock, and I freaked out a little bit. I'm like, no, hold on a second. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, wait, whoa, what? What? You're gonna go back in time? Now, luckily, it does say here, and I'll, and I'll go ahead and share it with you because this is the reason we're here. This is the story. Sorry for the detour. Star Trek Discovery director Olatunde. Osuna Osun Sanmi. Let me do that again. Olatunde Osun Sanmi says season five will combine both new and old elements from the iconic franchise. Uh, what exactly does this mean? The galaxy is a big place where incredible things can happen. Season five is shaping up to be all I can say is that it's not time travel. But <laughs> We go back into the past to get further into the future. Now, um, okay, let's read that again. We go back into the past to get further into the future. And they're not time traveling, so that means Discovery is going to stay where it's at. That's good news. But they go back into the past. Okay. Let me do right. that in the voice. Ready? Do it. We go back into the past to get further into the future. Still doesn't make sense, but sounds a lot cooler. Da, 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 da. <laughs> okay, there's the now he continue or they continue to say there's this old version of Star Trek that exists and this new version that's been created by Alex Kurtzman, but there's a lot of things we still love about the old version. Oh. I like that. Okay, uh, so it's about pulling from there, not necessarily stories or characters, but more themes and process. And how those stories are told and applying it to what we do in the future. And that includes Michael Burnham's character and the thing she does as captain. Mm. Can I tell you what I believe this means? Yes, but before you do, my prediction is... She's this gonna... sponsor from Raid Shadow Legends. I'm sorry, go ahead. Before you do, check out our sponsor, Raid Shadow... <laughs> no, I think that that means that she will sleep with an Orion woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they okay, that's fair. But they did say characters, so no characters and no oh, stories. Okay, uh, I'll tell you what I believe, and I believe what this means is that they're going to be a more episodic TV show. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Now think about it: Strange New Worlds, episodic. Uh, Kurtzman started taking a whole lot of crap from the fan base after. During season two of Discovery, well, he took a lot for both seasons. But you notice when we decided we were going to get Strange New Worlds, there became this whole thing that we're going to do episodic. And what they say? It's going to make old Trek fans happy. Right? My guess is that they've said, wow, we've got these big story arcs. Let's go and do something that old fans are going to like and see if we can bring more into Discovery. And I think it's going to be more episodic, which, which cannot make this show worse for me. <laughs> so that's a plus guys that's a plus for for discovery fans in my for me the way you said that was like it cannot make it worse because it can't be worse <laughs> for me right <laughs> for you. i mean it can be worse they could go back to season one 
and, oh, and that, that is a worse TV show. Yeah, so if they go episodic too, then that means that we can judge episodes and not entire seasons. Right, which I'm, which would be better. We could, they could be encapsulated, and maybe we can enjoy that a little more. I'm really happy that Tilly is at Starfleet Academy, and I really hope she stays there. Yes, and she was actually not bad that last episode when she was but like... the show was arguably a little better when she wasn't in the episodes. It was. You're right. You're wasn't right. it? Am I wrong? You're right. I'm so sorry. To... I mean, I hate to say it, Mary but it White was a better show. Right. right. Yeah, when she wasn't there. I'm sorry, there was... Mary. I'm so sorry. I'm sure you're a fine Oh, person. Mary Wiseman's fine. fine. She's but fine. Your, your character... Yes. Just... It's not annoying. written right. It's just not. It's not written right, and it doesn't work. It just doesn't work with what... You know, what's funny is her character might have actually worked better in, you know, as, as a member of Enterprise or Voyager or something where there was a little more heart and humor, but it, yeah. does, it doesn't work here, and, and her character is so off-putting in this setting yeah. especially that it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I mean, it worked great. I mean, it didn't work great. Sorry, it never worked great. Um, but in the first, you know, when she was a fresh-faced ensign, I guess it was like, okay, cool. Because in in the real Navy, uh, the ensigns are kind of treated like little kids. But now she's, dude, she's four years in, man. It's She needs to be a grown-up now. And I know she's done that by kind of being a, a teacher. That's why I hope she stays at Starfleet Academy and maybe they bring her in every occasionally. She seems to have a rapport with the Admiral, which it's weird that she reports directly to the Admiral, but okay. Um, it is really weird. That's not there's some way. weirdness there. Like, why was why was uh, Stamets reporting directly to the Admiral? Yeah, why is it that, that weird. the second Discovery got to the future, they became the most important humans in the Federation? Well, because or, the show's sorry, about them. Important people. <laughs> the show's about them. I know, but you can but, make the show about them without instantly making, you know, so Cap Burnham has a boat at the Starfleet, you know, the Federation thing. Yeah, why did she have a vote? That I don't know weird. why she had a vote, bro. Everyone's so, they're all so damn important all of a sudden. Yeah, that's a, that's a problem. Um, that was weird. But, you know, and what what about the old dude who was like the counselor to everybody's counselor? The guy, we never find out who he is. Oh, the guy with the glasses. He doesn't need to wear glasses, but he likes glasses, remember? Right, and he's from like another, must be from another place, and he doesn't need to deal with the 12 Cs because he's got more important stuff to deal with. Right, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> there was this moment, you're right, in like the third, third to last episode where like they're going to go and head off to find the 10 Cs. He's obviously the most intelligent person that's still sane. You know, because arguably right. the bad guy or the other guy was. Right. But this guy is obviously, he fixes everything. Right. He fixed the ship. He fixes Stamets. He fixes everybody. He fixes the doctor. Okay. Why is this guy not on this ship? Yeah. And then he goes, <laughs> he goes, oh, we're going to, you know, are you coming with us? He goes, no, no, I'm sorry. I have a more important thing to do. <laughs> I'm like, what? what one of the characters was like, what's more important than this? And he, and he was like, you wouldn't understand or something. Like, I'm sorry, dude. No one understands. How? Yeah. What can you possibly be doing that's more important than the universe going up in smoke, basically? Yeah. Dude, he was literally, and if you really think about this, he was the most important character on the show. Right. Do you know why? 
he was the only one without a mental health problem on the whole show. Bro, he literally you... solved everyone else's... Me- he was the key to everyone's success on the show. He That dude should have been glue on Discovery. Like glued to a chair where everybody just walked up and touched him and were automatically healed. Right? right? Like some... Bro, if I, if, if I was torturing myself, I would say, let's do a podcast prime video about this. Not in a million About who this guy is. Yeah, but then I would have to go and watch all those episodes and get clips of him for two seasons. I don't want to do you that. You know what? Actually, that might be a good idea. We're just going to put on the thumbnail and be like, who the heck is this? Question. <laughs> who the F is this guy? Right. That would be great thumbnail. <laughs> we got to find out because I don't know, man. That guy was something else. Um. Oh. Yeah. So I mean, listen. Discovery going back to a legacy style of uh, shooting and and story right storytelling sounds awesome. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Because uh, they say here specifically um, themes and process. Now themes. Let's say themes. What does that mean? So themes, which ironically, I mean, the themes of old the old Star Trek shows were always about. Um, we're always about good versus evil. We're always about right versus wrong. And I would argue that discoveries sort of try to do the same thing, although the values may be a little different. Um, but maybe the theme is federation, you know, federation first honor, you know, all those things that we love about Starfleet and the federation, they, they exist in a weird twisted sense in discovery. Well, how about using the key instead of showing the character growth, via exposition, I'm sorry, instead of telling you the character's growth via exposition, maybe showing you the character's growth via stories. That's well, what TNG yeah. did yeah. a lot of. I mean, a lot of episodes were about, sometimes about individual characters or relationships, and it tied into the the storyline. I, I didn't need them talking about it for 10 minutes. That's a good point. Yeah, there needs to be more, I can't say there needs to be more action, because there's tons of explosions and all kinds of visual things, but it does seem like the exposition is just rather boring. You know, and it feels like, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it feels like Captain Burnham spends most of her time reassuring the rest of her crew. Like there's this constant sense of, you're doing good over there. Hey, you're doing good over there. Keep it together. You're You're doing a good job. It's like Coach Michael Burnham. I'm proud of you. Right. Now, listen, a captain has a bunch of different roles. Sometimes you got to crack that whip, right? Right. With Janeway, she would have cracked that whip. Right? And there was no use of a first officer to counterbalance. So Saru did not do a good job of counterbalancing the captain like Chakotay or like Riker would would have done. Right. Um, or even like Kira would have done. Okay, for Deep Space Nine. Right. There was no counterbalance in the characters. Maybe that's because Burnham was always also the character that was doing the action. She was always yeah, going on she the was the captain and the first officer. Yes. Right. Um... Yeah. So anyways, we could talk about this all day, but I do believe that uh, we are going to be getting episodic discovery for season five um, and yet to be determined. I mean, listen, if they bring down the the emotional turmoil of each character and I don't feel like I'm in a, a, a constant therapy session, then I, I might try to watch it again. We'll see. There's one thing to leave with is uh, what happens to the 10C now that they agreed to... To no longer support their hyper field. Well, I guess they got to live. And I, that was, I tell you what, that was not kind of, 
I didn't like that either, and I'll tell you why. Okay, I. I guess we're going to talk about it a little more. A little longer. Sorry. Book was mad, and I get that. And he's like, no, not good enough. Not, not good, good enough, enough mother. Not yeah. good enough. Not saying I'm sorry and we're going to stop doing it. Not right. good enough. No, no, you need to make yourself vulnerable to get your asses whooped out there. And yeah, and we can't help you. So, but yeah, make yourself vulnerable so that you know what it feels like. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, it was more like he didn't want them to destroy any planet because every all life is precious. And you're like, uh I was, well, I was okay with like. An uninhabited planet with no, no, you know, higher life forms. I do not find that a problem. Well, he did, they did throw it, and it was smart for them to do this, because if they had just stopped with that, it wouldn't have been good. But they did mention that it messes up the space or something. That's true. So maybe that's a good reason, is future civilizations or whatever. But I just felt like, man, you, you know, they just stopped everything. You're really pressing it. And they did a good job by having the president's face when, when Book goes, uh-uh, not good enough. They cut to the president's face really quick. And she's like this. And she's got this like, oh, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Right. I mean, it worked out, but you they know. just brought him back to life. I actually don't like the fact that they brought him back to life, too. That was a mistake. Ooh, book? Yeah. Ah, you know, they aren't going to. Zero. They aren't going to let Burnham. This season. Have that kind of loss. Her character is going to be tormented, you know. Her, you know, at some point. So I'm okay with Book being around. I like him as a character. I thought they were much too like, yay, Book's back. Kind of. Book almost got everybody killed. Okay, Book was very, even though he's distraught, mentally handicapped the way you know a lot of the people were in the show. Um, he specifically had a good reason, but like. At some point, reason has to be like, hey, look, man, let us talk to the people. We got hours and hours and hours. Let's just talk to them. And then I, I guess his friend blew up stuff. Whatever. I don't yeah, know. The says, uh, the 10C question mark, they'll mention, they'll mention it in passing once next season and then never bring them up again. That's true. Yeah. I mean, they're outside the galaxy. It's not like. Yeah, but they actually have to come into our galaxy to live, though, now, right? No, I, I don't know. I mean, can they not survive outside of the galaxy? It's like a void or whatever. There's nothing there. The hyperfields were keeping them like I guess I guess whatever's outside the galaxy or well like the hyperfield the was there because their planet was destroyed by meteors or asteroids or something. No, the, like the void. I don't know what that means. Oh, was it destroyed by the void? I guess I didn't get all that, but yeah, I don't expect them to be characters that we spend a lot of time with because they don't feel like important characters. We know they're out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and they're um, and they're crazy advanced. Yeah, and they almost had that Voyager moment where it was going to take decades to come back, and Burnham made the choice to, to to do that anyways, even though they might not be able to get home. That would have been awesome. Why didn't they do that? <sighs> that could have been the fifth season, man. Well, it would have taken. Well, yeah, it would have taken decades to get back. They said no, but it could have been the fifth season. In the fifth season, they could have found a way to get back sooner. Maybe they repair their spore drive yeah. at the end of the fifth season. That would have been cool, and then you could have had all kinds of like adventures in the. I want to know which quadrant. Is it the Gamma Quadrant where they were at? It wasn't the Delta, I don't think. It's the Far Away Quadrant. That's where it is. It must be just outside the Alpha. I don't know. It's very interesting when you look at, like, the Star Wars galaxy. You know, and if you look at a map, you would almost envision the Alpha Quadrant being in the Southern Hemisphere. The Delta Quadrant being in the Northern. Gamma's in the Western. And then, uh, what am I missing here? Alpha, Beta, 
Gamma. Oh, the beta, beta quadrants in the east. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, Archmage says, I'll give them this. At least they said these aliens came from outside our galaxy. True. True. That's good. True. Does this mean in season five the rest of the bridge crew will get lines and stories? Well, you know, they, they, actually, they actually did in season four quite a bit. Uh, expanded on the bridge crew we got Some, um <clears throat> borg what, what was the, is that girl a borg what is she she's got i an don't know in? what's up with that chick she has she has like she's not a borg but she is definitely cybernetically enhanced yeah and she's got like she's definitely her story was built up like she's got like this tough exterior with some weird stuff going on inside of her i guess remember that um, one chick that they killed off that was like all machine oh back a long she time was like ago, super cybernetically enhanced. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they didn't need two cyborgs on on the ship. I guess. Apparently not. All right, we're gonna um, wrap this story up, and we're gonna talk to the members. Um, listen, if you are watching this right now, uh, hit the subscribe button on the way to the comment section to yell about the the characters we just murdered their names. <laughs> and then, and then the other girl, who's the other pilot or the other helmsman, I guess she went out with Michael, and she did. They, 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 they did stuff together. So you got those two people. You got the really unlikable um, um, Asian sorry. kid. Yeah. Can you, can we talk about that episode real quick? Just real quick. Which did one? You, did you see the episode where she went with Burnham and she got and she yeah. fought in the ring? Oh, yeah. Can you explain to me how it works that she gets her ass beat three times, beats the guy once, and wins the whole pot? They were scamming him, bro. So what happened was is they were betting like little – like, yeah, I'm going to beat him. And then she was throwing the fight. And so she did it. And then that was a play. It wasn't good acting. But Michael Burnham's like, no, you can't do this. I'm not going to let you do this anymore. She's like, please, one more try. And like three times. You know, it's like losing in pool a bunch of times they and then just whooping them? their ass for all They did not it. make that clear. They were scamming him, bro. Oh, they didn't make that clear. I thought it was like a, like a tournament or something. No, they scammed him, man. Oh, th that was not good acting because I did not know yeah. that was that's what was going on. Or maybe maybe the acting was good because you weren't supposed to know they were scamming him. Then, then the writing should have made the audience aware of it, though, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yes, you're right. That's part of the problem. And if you notice, the guy came back and said, "That's our money." When they want, they made that huge bet because you because you you scammed us or whatever. So, and that's how they got enough latinum to be able to do the deal. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of a weird thing, and then I didn't know she was like this crazy, amazing fighter either, like. Yeah. So I mean, I guess we learned something about the character, but the the character I don't like uh, on the bridge, a hundred percent, is Commander What's His Nuts, um, the the Asian guy. The Asian fellow. Um, I I have not found him in a likable moment yet that he's been on screen. He yeah. played the antithesis of books. You know, he's like, yeah, you know, those people. He was on book side kind of, and it just seems like every time he gets the con, he's just kind of. I don't like him. I don't know. I don't like the character. You don't like this show. All right, I let know, us know what I you know. guys think in the comment section. Subscribe on the way down. Don't forget it. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. All right. I'm stopping that recording. Let's finish up with the chat. Um, so if you're still watching members, listen. Sorry. There, that was a long segment. My God. I mean, there we had a lot to say. It's been pent up pressure. That's true. And hopefully you guys, you know, are kind of feeling the same way. Or maybe you're not. And let us know, you know, like. Tell, maybe maybe I'm crazy. No, you're not crazy. You're crazy, <laughs> but you're not crazy about this. Um, so to, hopefully tomorrow, probably not, but I'm going to try to... Actually, it's probably not going to happen. Let's just say 
Monday is when our video is coming out, or really late tomorrow. Um, and that's going to be all about uh, Kirk and Strange New Worlds. And we get deep, man. We get deep. Yeah. Shane goes deep into dates. and I go deep into Kirk, babe. <laughs> there's that There's that, There's that. that LGBTQ connection you wanted. All right. I'm just going to clip that real quick. <laughs> Don't you? He does this. You know what? When I'm like 60 years old, he's going to have like a whole bunch of these. Yeah, and I'm terrified. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. Um, <laughs> but come back for that. Uh, well, Archmage says, uh, I'll give him this. At least this. Oh, no, he just said that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you already covered that. Um, this, th th that's kind of like Picard and man, 2024 sucks. I wonder who's president. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. I wonder who's going to be president in that time frame. Yeah. Look at, look at this. I think you, Dark Mage. I think you need to stop your streams every five minutes to make sure you're both in good mental health. <laughs> Bro, you okay? You um, all right, man? You know what? I'm really um, having a hard time dealing with the fact that my Uber Eats driver did not deliver the dumplings I ordered. Oh my gosh. It's listen, really I need you. Out right now and I don't know what I'm going to do. You need to take time for yourself. Okay, listen, it's important that it's important that you take time for yourself. Okay, that Uber driver, listen, don't let him take you out of your game. <laughs> All right. Oh my God, my head hurts now too. Okay. Ah, right. ah. Calm down, calm down. Sorry, Let's talk sorry. about it. Uh, I don't know why I'm hurting. Oh my God. When the ship was having like multiple moments of stress, I was like, oh my God. Did this end? I was, oh. I'm like, I have to watch three more episodes of this. I just, I'm like, I gotta keep, I, I have to somehow get through this. And who is the guy with the glasses? Who is he? <laughs> is that well, they never going to be answered? They made him out to be like some sort of like kind of evil character. Almost like, he seemed like he was going to be a bad guy. He made it very clear he wasn't a sin, but he wore glasses. And you're like, why do you wear glasses? They even asked him why he wears glasses. And he's like, I like them. And you're like, what? Is that? What does that mean? And then he's like, I got better things to do than save the universe. You're like, what does that mean? I don't Wouldn't know. Wouldn't it be cool if he was an EMH? Like a sentient EMH? Yeah, like 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 Picardo. How how is he walking around? He can only be there. Did he ever go anyplace else? No, yeah, he went to Discovery once. Oh, did he? Remember oh, when he, he, did. When he, he went to Discovery when he did when he did that um therapy session with the ship. Maybe he has a transportable hollow thing like uh, Picard did. Yeah, wasn't uh, the doctor's uh, mobile emitter from the 24th century? I don't know, but they're in they're they're a lot further than that along. Yeah. So yeah, it was from like the 24th century. It was like a hundred years in like Voyager's future. All right, Discover, you want to get me? You want to get me back? Make that guy an emergency medical hologram, and uh, and let him be more in the show. I liked him. Yeah, I like how he like. How, I like how he said, well, Stamets said, what if I hadn't agreed with you? And he goes, well, then I would have suggested you transfer to another ship. And I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> Remember? Right. If he didn't accept the computer's, uh, whatchamacallit? Right. He's like, I would have transferred you. Not the ship. I'm like, that was the right, I mean, that was, you know, I don't know. I, that was, that was, tell it like it is. He's a tell it like it is guy. And Discovery needs more tell it like it is people. What if he is the EMH? Who just changes appearance every so often. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, snaps. Where is Robert Picardo? 
Well, it can't be him. But where is he? Why is he not in the show? I don't know. Maybe he's... I don't know. He could be Maybe alive want... literally forever. You're right. He, they could bring him back. What, what happened to him? Well, the, he, they got back and he was there. Yeah. But we don't know what happened to him. He's just doing his thing. Yeah. Nothing definitive happened to the EMH. That would be cool. That would like be if they so found cool. him. Yeah, if they found him. Like they, yeah, and they were able to reactivate him. He's like, like, where's the crew of the Voyager? Or whatever. Oh, what if he's been living this whole time? Well, that'd be weird. I mean, there was an episode where he lived for like 500 years. Yeah, but it, it would still be weird in this context, you know? Because then he would basically be a historian of time for us. And we, we can't do that. We don't want him to tell us time from when he left to now. There's, so, there's a lot we need to still, you know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, we already know too much. We already know this whole time. Uh, what if he went on thing. Picard then? What's, yeah, he could be on Picard. I mean, he could be on the show. No problem. But he needs to have been dormant. For like all this time. Yeah. Not alive, you know? Right. All right. Well, that's it. Wrapping it up. Everybody, thank you so much for being a member. Thank you for watching this. You guys are awesome. We'll be back uh, either late tomorrow or Monday with our Prime video. And of course, the clips will come up next week. And I'm sure there'll be something to talk about next Tuesday or Wednesday when we go live. Yes. And if you're an associate producer or higher, we will have a live show for you next, live thing for you next week. Uh, and maybe even more than one. So you want to be ready for that because we will bring it to you. Bring it. Like yeah. Shane brings the Picard. I mean, Kurt. That didn't work that time. Damn it. Didn't work. That was good, though. It was good. Oh, wait. I got to show you something. Wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Before we leave. Hold on. Hold your horses. What are you trying to show me? The clock? Yeah. And I got one, too. Yeah, this is cool. We both got one. I want to show it though. You I got the like, you got the other one. I don't like the way it was. I, I think I feel like first off, it's too close to the edge, and there needs to be a red background. Well, I think that for you, I mean, the red background would be cool, but I couldn't create a circle because I don't have mm. software to do that. So I had to just put the logo. And you're right; it does go to the edge. I could have probably given a little more space, but your OCD is probably why you're feeling that way. I don't think anybody else would worry. It's stressing me out. Yeah. But anyways, it's cool. It's a little clock. Later, Archmage. Later, everybody. Love you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Love we'll you guys. Tomorrow.